Master Yoda? Obi-Wan? Where are you? Those voices. Time to fight is now. Where are they coming from? Entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 82 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Daraj Dolachahi, and my three co-hosts for this evening's crazy-ass adventure of podcasting. I had nothing else, by the way. I was thinking, and I was just trying, but nothing else came up to me. The young, the restless, Carlos Borguello. The man that we used to call the whole, the man that we used to call Extraction Jackson, the man we used to call Action Jackson. We're going back to Crunch Crunch. Uh, Less is more. Gonzalez? Let's do it that way. Fuck it. Let's yeah, just well, do a clean crunch, sli- crunch? Let's do a clean slate for you, Les. Yeah, let's tabula rasa this up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but sure. And the man we call the hair. The man that has multiple podcasts out there. He is all over the Star Wars podcast platforms. The man that plays guitar naked in his room and drives his neighbors batty. I'm not going to do a song this week. We're changing things up. It's Eric Struthers. What's up, man? What's up? How you doing, Eric? I'm great, man. And it's even better now that I get to talk to you guys. It's very sweet of you, man. It's very <laughs> sweet of you. Look how we, we're starting off very like nice to each other. It's not going to turn out that way by the end of this. You know this, <laughs> right? We're really excited because Les and I have been talking about having our special guest host on for a long time. You might know him from... Wakanda for Life, the podcast. And you were doing this Wakanda for Life stuff back in the day before yeah. it's cool now to have Wakanda for Life everywhere. You <laughs> might also know him from the hashtag, Do You Even Comic? Do You Even Comic Book? Absolutely. You might have read his reviews on the Marvel Report. The list goes on and on. You've probably seen him on Twitter. His symbol is at Skirits and also at Fourth Wall. I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna go, I'm just keep going here. <laughs> we're going to call him Scooter. Because we've always wanted to call somebody Scooter. Yep. And we just found out that his buddies call him Scooter, and he's known as Scooter. We hope to be buddies. And we are going to be buddies. (laughs) I feel like we're already buddies. (laughs) All right, Scooter. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good, man. Uh, Yeah, thanks for the the long and flourishing invite. 
yeah. uh, introduction. And- <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really butchered that one. I'm so sorry. Usually, like, uh, I got a flow going. Yeah. That one was awful, so I apologize. Maybe <laughs> ah, I'll, worked for me. I'll, maybe I'll, fix, <laughs> I'll fix it with editing, and then I'll hide it with some background music or some oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, Trumpet thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Like, we're really excited. We're When I look at all your cool stuff, I always go, man, this guy's got, like, a wide variety and wide range of stuff yeah. that he's into. And that's what we do here. I know our our name is The Sith List, but we love Star Wars, obviously. But we are kind of like your week in geek. We do everything kind of podcast. And I thought it would be perfect for you to come on. So we're we're stoked about this. Awesome, man. I'm stoked, too. So let me get into the shenanigans first, and then we'll get into Scooter's geekdom and what he's into, what he likes, and all that great stuff. Oh, yeah. You can find us on social media. On all different outlets, Twitter, iTunes, Instagram. It's the Sith List on iTunes. Instagram's the Sith List, pretty much. Twitter at the Sith List. Boo at the Sith List. Boo. Less at Less is More seventy eight. The hair at Eric Strathers. And Scooter, what is your Twitter handle? At Ivy Wall for at the I- fourth wall. At Ivy Wall for the fourth wall. You can also leave us a message on our hotline seven zero seven sixty five Geek One. That's seven zero seven six five four three three five one. And you can email us at the Sithless at gmail.com. We are a part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. That includes Rogue One, Star Wars Podcast for Winners. Now this is a podcasting. Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, The Cantina Cast, Idiots Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Podcast 2187, The Cargo Hold, and Fingered with Randy and Jason. And by the way, Randy and Jason has a new season out. And they have a whole new set of episodes. And the last one's about Quincy Jones and mm. it kicks ass. Quincy so Jones. dive into the Randy and Jason Fingered podcast. It's amazing. And I do want to give a shout out for Steel Saunders on our network. Tomorrow, we're recording on Wednesday night. Tomorrow's podcast is going to be his interview with Ben Mendelson, Mendo as we call him. And he got Mendo to show up at his house and he did a fucking interview with Ben Mendelson. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, wow, that's wow. right. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> huge. So everybody in the network's very excited for him. And make sure you get tickets if you're in the LA area to go to his live yeah. Scum and Villainy Cantina. And that's on the tenth in Hollywood. We're all gonna be there. Come and have a beer with us. It's gonna be a good time. All right, Scooter. What is like what gets your motor running here in the world of geekdom? Like what is your favorite stuff to dive into? Obviously you're into comic books. Are you into Star Wars? Are you into are you Marvel guy, DC guy, Walking Dead guy? Like, what is your your stuff? Oh man, it's uh, <laughs> that's that's broad. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. I just wanted to take a breath, man. I just wanted you to talk for a while. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're good. No, I, I mean the, the the simple question is, you know, what geekdom are you into? Is that's that's a broad that's a broad question. But no, um, I mean probably comics first. I mean, like you know, I sometimes I leave work and I'd be like, yo, uh. Yo, as uh, throw out a random, you know, comic character, I'll give you some a random, you know, tidbit about that person. You know, so people will throw out some random stuff and I give them some random obscure information. So comics first. Cool. <laughs> uh, same thing pretty much with Star Wars. Very, very, very close second. Um, nice. You know, if if uh, if if comics is like a 10, then Star Wars would be like a 9.9 or something. Wow, that's um, so uh yeah, those two and then and then there's a vast variety of other things. I mean you can you can go into Lord of the Rings, you can go into uh like general sci fi stuff, uh Game of Thrones, uh 
Yeah, I mean, anime, it's, it's, it's just a, it's, there's a wide range out there. But yeah, comics is probably my first thing. I, I used to be, I, I grew up mainly on Marvel. So uh, I used to be of the mind until I, I broke out of the uh, that that uh, chaining mindset of diehard Marvel only. Um, so I, I used to do Marvel first, but now I pretty much do anything. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, I, I read a bunch of DC read a bunch of uh, indie comics, read a bunch of image, stuff like that. So, hey, you, you seem like you're going to be our best friend. Much. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Les is our guy. When we ever want like crazy little information about comics, we always go to Les. So Les always has that. Yeah, you sound, you sound like just a more distinguished, uh, polished version of me. Yeah, can we, <laughs> can we do a trade? You, yes. you <laughs> just kidding. Not all that polished. <laughs> But that is cool, man. That's exactly what we do here is we talk about all those things you pretty much talked about. Even anime here and there. Les is a big anime guy and Boo watches anime here and there. So that's very cool. That's awesome. So you're going to have an opinion on all the stuff we talk about. That's- yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's great. All right. So we're going to get into box office um, here and just, just in the beginning. And obviously, there's no surprise again. Black Panther dominated, kicked ass, and mm. made $100 million around that ballpark. <laughs> it continued its box office domination this week, becoming only the fourth film to ever deliver over $100 million in its second weekend, as well as joining Jurassic Park as the second fastest film to top $400 million domestically. It is just Ooh. tearing it apart. Mm-hmm. You mean JP or JW? Jurassic World or Jurassic Park? Jurassic World. Oh, oh, so the second franchise. No, Jurassic Park Stop. 5. <laughs> Black Panther is still dominating, still kicking ass. Annihilation came out and and made eleven million dollars. It didn't do great, but Boo and I and Les saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Well, our girl Natalie Portman's in it. Tessa Thompson's in it. Mm-hmm. That's my girl. Yeah. Oh snap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I haven't seen it yet, but I like I like I like both of them though. Yeah, yeah I do too. Yeah. I love both of them. And it was a fucking trip, man. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to dive into Annihilation because it'll take an hour and a half to explain the, the, everything about it. A whole podcast. But it is definitely wor- worth watching. Mm-hmm. It's slow at times, but you are so intrigued during the entire film that you don't feel like it's that slow. Plus, What is it akin, what is it akin to? Like, what is it uh, okay. close to in okay. style? Oh, great Ooh. question. So the guy that directed it is the one that directed Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah. he also directed, okay. or I think he wrote 28 Days Later. And then the, Alex Garland's got a whole bunch. He's, he's all over the place. Right. He's not really solely a director. But he did yes. Ex Machina 28 Days Later, to his credit. And this. We're all oh, it's a book? Yeah, Annihilation was a book. It's based on a trilogy. Uh, yeah, see, it, there, see you know, now you locked me in my trap. The trap that I always get locked into. If I find out there's a book first, I'll read the book before I watch the movie. Oh, or the show. okay, okay. <laughs> Very well, cool. But from what I understand, a lot of people were like, "This is it, it may not be a good idea to read the book first. They deviated from the book uh, tremendously. I heard. Yeah, uh, but but let me just say, this movie you, it makes you at one point feel like you're on shrooms. <laughs> it is crazy, and the special effects are amazing. Natalie mm-hmm. Portman's is is remarkable in in this thing, and so is. Um, Oscar Isaacs. Mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac is great. So you start. Oh, he's in there too. Yeah, he's in there a lot. <laughs> wow. And he, fil- <laughs> and he, yeah, and he filmed this thing while he was filming uh, Last Jedi. So wow. and it's completely different roles too. Mm-hmm. It's insane. So definitely, I give it the Sithless seal of approval. I know 
Boo? Absolutely. Less? I do too. Yeah. Go check it out. We'll talk about it later. If you've seen it, email us and let us know what you thought. We really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And it was scary as shit at some points. And it was a mind F. Oh, yeah. At the end. Absolutely. So much so that you talk about it and you research it afterwards to see exactly what the hell happened. <laughs> kind of like mm-hmm. what Inception did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm, that I like kind movies of like that. Yeah, yeah me so too. do I. So you, yeah, definitely check it out. You, you'll probably like it. So there is your box office, and we did the introductions, and now it's time for some Star Wars talk. Let's okay, let's get into it. And something really big happened. Obviously, from last week, we had a big Rebels discussion. This week... We're going to talk Rebels again because it's winding down. So let's get into it. Eric, you're going to guide us through this crazy-ass episode. Scooter, yeah. are you a Rebels fan? Do you watch Rebels? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Star Wars, and I'm on it. <laughs> All right, cool, man. Cool. So we're, I'm not a huge Rebels guy. I watch majority of 90% of the episodes, but the last couple have been crazy. Did you get to watch the last couple? Yeah. Okay, so we can talk about it. All right, Eric, guide us through this thing, man. Okay, well, let's do kind of the same thing. We'll approach it as if you've seen it. We are going to spoil it. So if you do not want to be spoiled for Rebels, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, yeah. just shut it down right now and then forward it another like 10 minutes because we're going to spoil the shit out of this episode. Yeah. Okay. Well, th- this is one of those where you can't dance around this. You're either talking about it or you're not talking about it. So just a brief overview. Kanan died in the, you know last week. And they're trying to figure out what they're going to do next. And in this episode, it, it gets super trippy, man. The force is weird. I don't know a better way to put it. And it's, it's really cool how it goes along with The Last Jedi having just hit us a couple months ago. That it's like open your mind to other possibilities for the force. In this case, Ezra is being drawn toward this Jedi temple that's on Lothal. And the Empire's there, and they're trying to get inside of the thing. The visuals in this episode were banging. There's, if, if you guys are familiar with Clone Wars, there's this arc in the Clone Wars about Mortis, which is where the keepers of the Force, the father, son, and daughter, represent facets of the Force. The son is the dark side, the daughter is the light side, and the father is what maintains the balance. And in the Clone Wars, Anakin Skywalker was drawn there along with Obi-Wan and his Padawan, Anakin's Padawan Ahsoka, to this place. It's like this massive, I don't know, pyramid-looking thing flying through space. It was a little, was a little Star Trek-y, to be honest. Yeah, I <laughs> Which, remember- that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. No, no, no. I I remember that episode, and I remember that arc. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, and people either love it or hate it, it seems like. But it really sort of opened the doorway for the Force to get weird. I I know that sounds very generic to say. But so here we are. There's a painting on the wall of the father, the daughter, and and the son. And... It's sort of like a puzzle, and Ezra has to use the Force to align pieces of it, and suddenly it's moving. And I'll be honest with you, if this was anything other than Star Wars, I would have thought, hey, that's cool. All right, what else is on? But because of what this was, I was really intrigued. Right. The animation style, the way this thing looked was great. 
And somehow the Empire's trying to get in there, but they're nowhere around when Ezra's making this painting move. And <laughs> but regardless, he opens the temple. He's able to get in through this portal that nobody else can get through. And while he's in there, it's like in the middle of space and time. It's just blackness with all these bridges and stuff. And he's walking in between like these portals that are windows into events in time. The main things about this episode, Ezra sees the scene that happened in the end of season two, where Darth Vader and Ahsoka are facing off. We never really find out what happens. It seems like Vader's going to kill Ahsoka. And the next thing we know, she's walking down the set of, the set of stairs towards this door. That's all we see. Like, so a, we're, like a shadowy figure of her. Right. And so the question was, is she alive? Is she dead? Is this, you know, her? Is she one with the Force? Is this metaphorical somehow? So on and so on. What they did is they tied this to that where it's time travel of sorts. Ezra sees it happening through this portal, freaks out, reaches in and grabs Ahsoka and yanks her out into this space. While she's in there, they see a similar thing happening with the scenario where Kanan died. And she, Ezra thinks, oh, I was brought here to save him. So she says, no, no, no. If you do that, he's the sacrifice that he made and what it accomplished, that'll fall apart, and then it'll be right back to the Empire having the win in this situation. He has to learn to let go. The Emperor shows up, and he is trying to connect with Ezra to get pulled into this realm. They run away. Ahsoka dives back into from whence she came, and we see her walking down those steps. So the implication is, is that in that battle at the end of Season 2, what happened was Ezra from the future yanked her out of there. Vader was like, what's going on? Wait a minute. So you're, you're telling me that Ezra was on a hoverboard? Is that what you're saying? Huh. I need to borrow your hoverboard. <laughs> All right, settle down. Is that, is that, that I'm so, Okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Isn't he dreamy? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so that's, that's the big implication, okay? So that, that, that battle at the end of season two, future Ezra, pulled Ahsoka out of that battle, Vader bounced, and then Ahsoka went back. And he tells her, <laughs> which is the story of my life, hey, look me up when you get back. Oh, I will. And she never has. Uh, so that's true. Yeah. She's yeah, that's true because time has passed and she still hasn't. What the right. hell what the so hell that, is she doing right now? Well, that's a good question. And in all likelihood, she's stuck there. Everybody left. She's there with no ship. So what are you going to do? It was at this ancient temple, this ancient Sith temple. And how is she going to get off if there's no way to communicate and that sort of thing? Now, Steel. (laughs) Something's got to be done about your kids. Uh, you gotta go, Marty. <laughs> once a once a big asshole. 
<laughs> God. Oh, man. Okay. So, <laughs> Steel had a call-in show okay. last night. So, that would be Tuesday. This past Tuesday for everybody yeah. listening on Sunday. And Sam Scorsone called in with a brilliant question that has to make you wonder. Why was the Emperor trying to get into this place? Did he figure out that this place existed because Vader saw Ahsoka yanked out of time during that fight? So, so that's what I was going to ask you right now. So Vader would have seen Ezra, correct? Yeah. Okay. So then Vader would have told the Emperor, the Emperor would have wanted to go back and use this thing. Because like they say, if you are able to manipulate time, you can control the entire universe. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So that was a pretty cool revelation. Well, the the episode ends where this temple basically is completely shut off. Nobody will ever be able to get in or out again. It wasn't destroyed, but what it looks like is it was sucked into the ground and all access is blocked either physically or metaphysically. Okay. And then that was it. Okay. Well, thank you for that breakdown. That was huge, Mm -hmm. especially for the two guys here that didn't see it. Here's my question. My question is one, how the fuck that owl get inside there? (laughs) Yeah. Anybody have an answer to that? Nobody does, right? I've, I have theories. Okay. Yeah, please. Yeah. What'd you, okay. First of all, what did you think about the episode? And what, what, what do you think about where this is going? And if they, they are tampering, they're tink- tinkering with weird shit here that could go really bad or it could be pretty cool. So I, I like the balls. I like the Ryan Johnson balls that Filoni is using. And I like the fact that Filoni had this planned out for two or three years. Cause if you think mm-hmm. about it, Ahsoka leaving those steps and going into the shadows, he had this thing planned out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I respect that part of it. So, but what what do you think about this? What do you think about the episode? Are you okay with the time travel? Um, go ahead, Scooter, and then Eric. I'm going to go with you next and see what your take is on it. Yeah, no, I'm 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 cool with the time travel aspect. Um, the main reason why I I, I saw some people. Uh, talking back and forth about it on Twitter, and some people were like, uh, "You know, I don't like I don't like what they're doing with the Force, or you know, um, I don't like the Force being explained in this way." But um, when I look at it, I don't really think it's an over encompassing explanation of of the Force. Uh, the Force is like an all powerful thing. It's like one. This is one aspect of it. You know what I mean? Right. Like if you if you think about, um, I mean, shoot, think about the Infinity Gauntlet, right? Let's bring some comic stuff in there. Oh, think nice. about the Infinity Gauntlet. Like uh, there's six there's six gems, right? Only right. one of them is time, though. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one right. in space, of course. But there's like there's four other aspects. So I mean, what, so what I'm saying is the force. This is only one aspect of the force. Maybe a very powerful aspect of it, but still just one aspect. So I don't I don't mind them exploring that in that way. It's not like it answered the end all be all question. This is the force. We still don't really know what it is. Like you know, like not completely, um, because it's a overarching thing you know what i mean yeah so um yeah i'm not i'm not mad at that at all i think it was a i think it was creative um i got a disclaimer out there that my favorite star wars character is ahsoka <laughs> so Very uh cool see seeing her come back was that that was big uh 
it, it really made me think about um so you asked about the the bird earlier the owl yeah the owl thing. yeah exactly all right so uh i so I, I generally think ahsoka is is the representation of what in the canon anyways the new canon or whatever you want to call it uh of of in a, somebody who's most closely approached what it is to be a gray jedi all right so remember back in clone wars ahsoka um she's touched by the by the sun right right and she goes dark and she's like fighting anakin and all this stuff yes um so she has that moment right and then she has this this moment where she where they they, they mentioned that uh that bird owl thing may be a representation of the daughter so i feel like that is a representation of her story arc because you know she goes through the Jedi example, she learns from each of the Jedi, and she ends up leaving the, you know, the Jedi and the Clone Wars or whatever, right? Um, another another indication of that to me is in her book um, when she touches when she uh, when she takes the uh, the Inquisitors uh, Kyber crystals, right? And she turns them and she turns them, she purifies them, they turn white. The reason why I think that happens is because uh, think about when people find Kyrie crystals regularly in Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. There, you can't see them. They have to, the Force has to like speak to you or they they seem to you. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. And then when you see them, they become blue or green. You know, usually. Uh, so when so when you're a, a a Padawan and you go and you see your crystal, it turns blue or green. It's reacting to the light side in you. The dark side. Uh, it only turns red if you, if they if they if they're uh, what they call bleeding it. I'm sure you guys all know that. Yeah, the bleeding. Yes, yes. So so if you bleed it. So what I think Ahsoka was because Ahsoka left the Jedi Order and kind of represents not really the light side, but kind of uh, kind of finding herself kind of thing. Then when she took the red crystal, she was purifying it, turning it white, which is like the balance between the Force instead of blue or you know blue or green. Right. Um, and I feel like. Um, I feel like that speaks to her journey toward great Jedihood, and then I, I and I feel like um, because of because of how she experienced the dark side of the Force and that Al following her or the sister following her, I feel like the sister following her is 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 a representation of her journey, you know, exploring the other side of the Force because she because she explored the dark a little bit. She's exploring that side, and she's like she's like I, I feel like the, the great Jedihood is like learning all aspects of the Force as opposed to just you know like one or the other yeah taps so I, taps into both right right so I, I think i think that's what's going on there i think i think the daughter went to help give her some clarity on the other side you know well you know. now now if it's not that i'm gonna be pissed off because that was fucking phenomenal <laughs> <laughs> i mean i got i'll get all these theories about these these crystals same thing i mean you know you know mace window has a purple crystal mm-hmm I feel like it's i feel like it's a cross because he uses part of the dark side of the force when he uses a pod the mm-hmm. uh, seventh form yeah. but that's just another theory. You know, you know, she did say also that this this owl saved my life one time mm. in mm-hmm. the episode. So yeah, you, ah, you might, that's right. Yeah, you might be right there. That's 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 pretty amazing. Yeah, man, that was really solid. That, that was, was a good breakdown. Good luck, Eric. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I just because Ahsoka is my favorite character. That's what I, yeah, no, and, and I, I'm stoked that they brought her back, and I hope they don't f with it where they. They do something again to her because I want to see her in a live right. action film somewhere down the does. line. Like, everyone wants to see if it's something. prequel, if it's not prequel, if it's like whatever time I want to see Ahsoka, you know. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Eric, what do you think about this whole time situation? One, one thing I will say before, Eric, you'd say something. I'm 
when people say that they're fucking around with the force, and I agree with you, Scooter, completely, the force is a massive thing, and this is just one aspect of it. And in my opinion, we've already heard these kind of situations. When Yoda sees the future, but it's fuzzy, it's, he's seeing the fucking future. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So they have messed with time travel or being able to know what's going on. So the force has had this kind of play in mm-hmm. other canon storylines. So I don't see any problems with it as long as they do it right. And I think Filoni's doing it right. Okay, Eric, go ahead. Yeah. I, well, first of all, I love Ahsoka too. I think she's great, man. I, I almost cried whenever she came down that ladder at the, in the last episode <laughs> of season one. I'm like, I recognize that voice. Yeah. And I bet you almost cried but, when she left uh, Clone Wars and she said bye to Anakin. Yeah, oh, that, I've, that was that was a rough one it was but the way they wrote that arc was really good it was her reaction and what she chose to do i thought was pretty ballsy man and the right thing to do yep but as far as this messing with space and time goes it's hard to argue with the fact that such a thing is possible in a world where something like the force exists at all and with with most things like that, like this big power that we don't understand, there's always facets to it that not everybody's going to get. And there's the fact that there's like this crazy mystical side and you find out that it's really bigger than anything you could have ever imagined. I think that's a good thing. It's not compartmentalizing it and trapping it into this small deal. You know, it's kind of like what Luke Skywalker had to say. In The Last Jedi, the force is for everybody and it's there and it's so much more than what you think it is. And if you look at the book that was The Legends of Luke Skywalker, that came out not too long before The Last Jedi. There are stories in there where one of them in particular, Luke is traveling around trying to find answers about what the force is and he runs into a group of people who experience the force but they call it something completely different and their take on what it does is different than his but it is the force they just happen to call it something else and it was it was it was very well done (laughs) that story was there are some others in there that that are sandwiches but (laughs) that just lends itself to what happened here now I, what I would hate is if that became a thing where, oh, crap, so-and-so died. Let's hurry up. Let's go to this place and pop that, back in there. That's get- exactly what I'm worried about, Eric. That it, <laughs> it, give, it gives the opening to like, oh, right. you know. I don't think that will happen. And I think they made a point of they buried that temple just so that, okay, we did it. We're done. But if it's done correctly and done with a lot of forethought to the big picture, I I think home run. Home run. I agree. So. I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was done very, very well. I don't agree with a lot of Filoni's decision making, but I thought the last two episodes were just Yeah, hit it out of the park, like you said. It was, they were great. I said this last week and I'll say it again. If the entire run of, of Rebels had been the caliber of these episodes, it would have been received completely differently. It wouldn't be ending. And well, that's that's probably a good point. Right. They they've really brought it home, and they're 
making a they're making a point of leaving a legacy with it. Well, you know, you know, I've been dying to get a animated series that's what the books are from they're from 14, 15 years old to adult, you know, what I mean the demographics. These last two episodes have been that. If you're telling me that these last two episodes were for kids, you're smoking some crack, dude, cuz there's no 7, 8-year-old kid that's going to be looking at this figuring it out because the adults aren't figuring it out. This is what we need. This caliber of writing, this caliber of storytelling for the next animated series. Like we did our kids run. You know, it was great. We have it. It's on fucking video on demand. Go to Disney XD and watch it on demand. Mm-hmm. Let's the next one, let's have one for our demographics, man. Just just do it. And look, it's worked. They received really well. They've done it well. Filoni can do this. Let's let's get it done. I did think it was really cool when Ezra was in that space that he was hearing all these voices. And if you, if you check online, man, if, if you haven't seen it, you can find some people who have documented everybody that you heard. Was it like, like 30 of them, right? Or something. Yeah. I can't remember, it's but some of the ones I was, I was most surprised by, you know, cause you hear, hear cheer it, which I thought was really cool because he's not a, a Jedi. Right. You hear Ray, you hear Jin. Mm hmm. Which, yeah, I mean, she's definitely not a Jedi. But you never hear Luke Skywalker. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But, you know, are you hearing things from... You're obviously hearing things from the future in there because Rey's timeline comes well after... Right, right. Rebels. So, why, why was Luke absent in there that's really interesting i didn't know luke was uh omitted there is huh, that because yeah. he cut himself off from the force maybe 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 because well and no. no at that point in time he wasn't uh well but there is no time yeah there is no time so yeah and if it's from the future it doesn't matter yeah he wasn't like a profound and he was the only jedi if you think about it right at one point right mm-hmm. and they did something from the last jedi an aspect of last jedi if you look at the wor- the wormhole and you look around it, you see wolves, and there's parts where you see those fathiers, those horses from mm. Last Jedi. Have you seen that, Eric? Or Scooter? Have you seen the father heirs are uh-huh. in there? The father heirs, yeah. If you uh-huh. look, I paused it and I checked, I, I looked at it on the, um, on the big screen. You can see the horses sketched out around the wormhole. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. And so that, so that makes me wonder those are really strong with the force, they're force beings. And that probably helped Finn and Rose get through that situation that they did. Hmm. Well, and again, we come back to, you know, the force is for everybody and for everything. All you got to do is make yourself aware of it. Become mm-hmm. sensitive, you know, but open yourself up to but it. That's bullshit, Eric. I've tried every night and nothing's fucking happened. <laughs> well, dude, I'm levitating above my chair right now. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I think that's my intake of burritos causing that. Oh. The, so when when you talked about Filoni having this all tied together, if if you guys are hip to the Star Wars Card Trader app, there was a run, a special run of Ahsoka cards. This would have been right after that ending episode of season two yeah. of Rebels. And they were all like had this red theme to them but there's a picture of ahsoka standing in one of those portals with the wolves 
and, uh, in the circle around it. And I'm like, I'll be damned. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, Filoni fucking knew. Like, and I think that's what a lot of people are kind of the people that are on the side of going crazy against this new Star Wars regime that they're pissed that JJ did this thing and he let it, let it off to, right, Johnson. to, to Johnson and Johnson's like doing his thing went, you know, in a crazy area and, and people that liked it, people hated it, but now it's JJ's problem. You deal with it. I, I don't know if they have it sketched out. What, what do you guys think about Filoni doing a standalone? Like a, like a standalone Star Wars film. Yeah. It had to be Ahsoka. <laughs> okay, that's a great, great point. Yeah, who better than to do a standalone Star Wars film about Ahsoka than Dave Filoni? Right. It's a great point. I, I think Ahsoka is one of the most important Star Wars characters because, I mean, they introduced her in Clone Wars, and and she just has this this arc that, uh, like, she, I don't I don't think anybody has had as much exposure to different people or, or 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 teachers than her you know what i mean or not that we know of anyways i mean we you know you got you usually have a padawan and they have a teacher or two um you know like you have uh i don't know kanan kanan has a devil balaba and then you have you know uh i don't know obi-wan had had qui-gon and then, you know it's like it's, it's kind of like you get you get one or, or maybe two teachers she throughout the episode yeah her teacher was anakin kind of um but she 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 spent time with almost every one of the main Jedi, you know? Yeah, um, very true. And then, then not to mention Anakin himself, and then he, she had those experiences, uh, you know, on the Mortis planet. Is that planet called Mortis? Uh, whatever that planet is. Yeah, I thought it was called Mortis. Is it called um, Mortis? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she, she's got this, she's got this, like, just intriguing arc. And I feel like, like even this last episode of Rebels, it leaves it open ended. Like we were all asking the question, well, what is she doing? Is she still stuck there? Is she, you know, you know, the force can take you anywhere. I mean, we just saw this time and space thing. I mean, what else can the force do? What else can she learn through the force? You know what I mean? Um, I, I know that they're trying not to, well, at least I think that they try not to cross over too much from like, you know, these are TV characters and this is the movie characters, even though we all know they're in the same universe. But I feel like she would be. She could be an important, uh, I don't want to say teacher for somebody, but I don't like maybe a guide. Like it would be cool to maybe see at least the owl somewhere in a, in a Star Wars movie, like an episode right. nine or something. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that'll happen, but like, you know, just it would be a nice little connection or a little nod. Um, but, but like, but she, where she is right now, she's primed for, you know, a, a, a movie just from where she is right now. If they, if they do nothing else with her for the, for the rest of this Rebel series, she can they could do whatever they want with her, pretty much. So, I was going mean, to say, I, yeah. could she uh, possibly appear as a potential master for Ray? Fuck! Am I am I Man, going too far, dude? I, no, I, I don't. I, I don't, I don't think that's far, too far. Doing too much. Rosaria, so, so, Rosaria Dawson shows up in episode nine. As as a potential, yeah, just as a master for Ray, oh. just let me let me do what Luke started, and let me just get you right. Wow. If, if um, so Luke disappointed me and didn't disappoint me in episode uh, eight. He, he disappointed me because I wanted I was thinking of something completely different for him, but then like what he did was fine. So so it was a, you know it was it was poetic for him. But I, I thought I thought Luke going into episode eight before we saw it and, and even see the trailers, I was analyzing that yo Luke is seeing something about the force 
that ain't quite right with the Jedi and ain't quite right with the dark side. So he's trying to figure out like what this other path is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I kind of felt I kind of felt like he would be guided by people like like the, the great Jedi in my mind are Qui-Gon and, and Ahsoka. Uh, and I feel like something that a great Jedi does is they're always learning like they're they're in constant kind of like how you know how Yoda's always learning. Like yeah, yeah they're like and they're ever evolving constantly. Right, right. Every time you see Yoda, we, like we see him, we, he's his wise teacher or whatever. But every arc we see him and it's about him. He's learning something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like Ahsoka is always learning something else. And I think she she's going to get to the point where even as she's learning, she can impart her knowledge to, well, I thought to people like Luke. But um, I mean, they can all convene in the force now anyways. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I feel like I feel like she could be. Her, between her and Qui-Gon, they could be like guides to what the right way is. You know what I mean? Maybe she could be the physical guide if she's not dead. I don't know how long Sagrudas live, you know, like age-wise. Yeah, but right. uh, if she's not dead from age, then um, she could be, yeah, kind of like that physical guide. Like, like I'm actually here, not in the forest guide. <laughs> right, exactly. God, that would be so cool. And I think majority... Yeah, that would be something. Right, Eric, do you think the majority of the Star Wars fans would want to see an Ahsoka film before they see an Obi-Wan film? Ooh, man, that's a tough call because the clamor for the Obi-Wan film has been going on ever since Disney announced that they were acquiring Lucasfilm and right. that they were going to do standalones. But I think that an Ahsoka film would be probably the better of the two options as far as an exciting movie goes, but the average star Wars aware person on the street knows who Obi-Wan is. They have no idea who Ahsoka is. Right. Right. That's, She's I, that's only been yeah, die, in, die in animation. Fans. Yeah. Diehard fans would love to see an Ahsoka film. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. The, you know, when you think about Ahsoka, her, her character development across all of the canon material she's been in, she's had more character growth and development than any other character mm -hmm. because we saw her as a, a you know a kid a barely a teenager and as as the clone wars developed she grew and learned more than anybody else everybody else was exactly the same as they were on episode one more or less right except we did get to hear anakin say lover boy once which was pretty cool but <laughs> it, it she was yeah. He was talking about she the, band, was, the 80s band, by the way. Yeah. Ooh. He said, I'm hot-blooded. Check it and see. Well, he said, so, he said uh, every, every Jedi is working for the weekend, man. That's what he said. Wow. Easy. Yeah, we got to stop. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Easy. So that would be a really cool story. Now, her being available to appear as a guide for Ray now, Man, that like my head almost exploded just thinking about the implications of that. I would love to see her in a as a character in a live action film. How easy would that be? I don't know, but with where technology is now between digital techniques and prosthetics and everything else, I think they could really oh, make they it. They can do it. Oh, they workable. could do. Yeah, they could do that they for could sure. Absolutely, do it. And now, as far as Dave Filoni doing a live action film. You know, why not? It's admittedly, it's not animation. You can't tell the same kind of story in a live action setting that you can in animation. There's just 
parts of it that won't translate because you know, like I want to see Annihilation really badly because, especially because you said it, it was like being on shrooms. Yeah, yeah. The, it was. <laughs> but, but when you think about what they can do with that sort of thing in a cartoon, you can always get a little further with it in a cartoon yeah. than you can in live action because that's true. You know, it's 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 kind of like the same thing as why you can't have a good Reed Richards. <laughs> because he can't, you can't make that. <laughs> yeah, it never, it never works out, right? Real. Right. You know. So, anyway. Hey, but how, yeah, how, how, how about this idea? Sweet. How about this idea, Eric? How about we we let we like I fucking run Lucasfilm. How about Lucasfilm? <laughs> Lucasfilm lets Filoni cut his teeth with some of the live action series that's coming out, a couple episodes here and there, and see how he does that way, and then from there. Remember, Johnson directed about seven or eight Breaking Bad episodes. And they're regarded one of the best Breaking Bad episodes that, that throughout the series. So maybe this is one way Filoni can step in through, you know, step through the door, cut his teeth with it. And then we can go from there. If they're good episodes, maybe they'll have the balls to let him have one. Yeah, that's a good idea, man. And this, this Disney streaming service is going to open the door for all kinds of things like that. Because, you know, one of the things they mentioned when they announced it was that there would be original television and movie content, sort of like what Netflix is doing. Yes. So, you know, they could pull off something on there that they're not going to have to spend billions of dollars trying to promote because it's sort of got its own built in promotion by being on this streaming service. Cause when you think about like Netflix model, they're not out pounding the pavement telling you to go watch well, they sort of are now a Stranger Things, but <laughs> the first season of that, you know, they weren't out there screaming it from the rooftops. No. People who subscribe to Netflix saw it every time they opened the app. That's right. Mm-hmm. Or just, pretty, like, this, pretty just, smart just like this mute show that's come out that um, Duncan Jones is mm-hmm. David Bowie's son, I actually. Saw that. You, saw, you saw it? Yeah. I heard great things about it. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a little second, though. I want to get your take on it. All right. So, uh, so we're all in favor of where this is going. We're really interested in seeing what happens in the next episode, obviously. And uh, they're going to wrap it up, right? One more? Yeah, just one more Monday worth of episodes. It's three back-to-back instead of two. It starts an hour, half an hour earlier than they have, so 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm sorry. 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern. Okay. Now I want to get everybody's prediction. Ezra, Eric, I'm going with you first. Ezra, dead or alive at the end of this thing? Or he becomes a bat. <laughs> <laughs> he does have that kind of that haircut going. He does, he does. I want to say dead. They've made a point of basically right before anybody in the show is going to meet their untimely end, they say, you hear them say, the force will be with you always, always. or something along those lines. Right. And in the, in the teaser for the the finale you hear him say that it's like oh there it is yeah, I, think he, it I think is. he says the force will be with all of you or something like that he's i think he's talking to all of them or something yeah i saw that scooter what do you think you think he's a dead man yeah he's gonna be dead they can't uh first of all they made him i think they made him too strong a little bit over this over the course of the series um that's just me though and you can't have like a random Jedi just still out there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just that, chilling that nobody, out there. Especially, especially now that the Emperor uh, knows about him. Well, we, I guess he knew about him in the first season too. But 
well, did he? I can't remember the first season. Did I don't he encounter think he him? He knew about. Uh, Vader did. Vader did. Vader so he would have known. Vader did. Yeah. Vader probably. Well, actually, that's not hundred percent. I was going to say he he would have known because Vader knew. But then again, Vader doesn't report everything to the Emperor. That's true. Uh, They're not very kosher with each other. Read the if you guys aren't reading the current debater series, you see a lot of that. Yeah, and, <laughs> even in the Lords of the Sith, uh, they weren't. They, oh in yeah, that, in that book, they weren't very cool with each other. They question. I mean, the Emperor fucked with them a mm-hmm. bunch of times, and he did mm-hmm. not like it. Yeah, That's but but right. now that the Emperor knows about Ezra, he's either gonna go, he's either gonna try to get him and turn him dark, or or he's gonna or he's gonna get killed. Uh, because there's no way that he would just be able to go on for that long without the Emperor hunting him down. There's just no way. True. Boo, what do you think? Boo, you think he's a dead man? Yeah, just based off what you guys are saying, it makes more sense as far as future, uh, continuing the future. Yeah, there can't be somebody just chilling out in space who's a, a powerful force user just not doing anything for a while. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, so he's got to die. Okay. Less? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he could literally go into hiding for that damn long. Like, no long enough to get to where we are as far as and if the, he does that's fucked up it's fucked up that they went through all that shit and he didn't come out and like help out right exactly yeah yeah <laughs> you know no, because yeah you you still have the events of rogue one you still <laughs> right have, yeah all the stuff that all the rebellion the right. pockets of the rebellion all over the place yeah and then just him to say you know what? okay i'm just gonna go kick it somewhere yeah and not do anything how, how close is rebels current season to rogue one i feel like it's supposed to be months less yeah, than a year it's right there yeah because in Rogue One, we see the ghost, right? We see the ship. Mm-hmm. We, and we also see Chopper. And we hear Hera's called on the loudspeaker, assuming that we're going to see that at the very end where those two go to Yavin. Yeah. So I think Eric's right. I think it's literally months before Rogue One. Yeah. So then he has to be taken out. Yeah. Ezra Ezra's got to be taken yeah, out. Yeah. Go. And he'll sacrifice himself. And save the guys and save does, the crew. Does Cassian get introduced? Uh, in oh, his finale. Um, yeah, I wonder. Mm. You know, what would be really cool. And I mean, I don't think this would happen, but what would be really cool is we see a scene in animation of Rogue One on Yavin with with maybe see, with maybe. That's what I was wondering how close yeah, it was. That would be cool if, like, Ray's. You know how not Ray when Jin is pleading her case. And mm-hmm. to have Hera somewhere listening in, which just, uh, just like a fly cool. on the wall kind of thing. Fly on the she's wall. She's in the room, but she's a yeah, different perspective, exactly. but hearing the same. That mm-hmm. would be so cool. I'm pretty sure they're not because th- there was speculation that the finale of Rebels would be the Battle of Scarif from their point of view, or at least from Hera's. Oh. Mm. You know, because we do see the ghost and they've, they've said no, no. It's, oh, they said no. Okay. It's, it's before that. And, you know, Rogue One took place over like three days mm-hmm. yeah. so so I'd have to say no gotcha anything else other than that that you want to talk about Eric Star Wars wise not really man it's just you know we're getting closer to solo like 85 days something like that yeah yeah it's under 90 now yeah hey Scooter what's your take on solo were you excited about the trailer um actually I was um I was kind of like like wary of it like before the trailer um saw the trailer uh, and i see okay this is gonna be a different type of movie so first of all it's gonna be a heist movie that's that's cool yes. like it's like a heist movie in star wars so i'm like all right cool so we're doing a different take of the movie the funny thing is i think the weakest point of the movie is a guy who's playing 
solo. <laughs> right, right. And, that, and that, that's mean, what everybody was worried about also. Uh, oh, I think everything else is going to be so good <laughs> that it won't matter uh, as much. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I don't want to write the guy off. I don't know. I don't really know much about him, but it just seems like, I don't know, it's, it's going to be really hard to capture uh, yeah. Harrison Ford's you know, solo, you know, it's an impossible task, man. That's all I'm saying. It's an impossible task for this kid to put mm-hmm. on those shoes and be Han fucking solo. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest mm-hmm. characters in the history of film. Right. right. It's just, but now here's the thing though. Donald Glover's going to nail, uh, Lando. He's, without <laughs> even, without even hearing his voice, he's already nailed him. Like, yeah. And it, he's going like to get a standalone. How the, the contrast is, is like, there's so much pressure on Alden Ehrenreich to do this and then it's like all donald glover has to do is be super smooth with the sick yeah i see what you're saying but i guess we didn't get what we get with so with yes Han, right? exactly yeah, Han is like exactly intertwined and all through right. that thing yeah okay and people have faith in glover they know glover mm-hmm. uh, that's you know true. what i mean he is yeah, talented he's yeah he's talented enough uh, and look he sold those he sold the preview just on his looks mm-hmm. and his his facial mm-hmm. expressions and we're in like his smile was was Lando. Like if you put it was the Lando. way he smiles in the trailer next to like Lando when he sees the princess the first time. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> well, 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 what do we have here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, um, isn't Robin season coming up? Atlanta? Atlanta Atlanta season two is oh, coming. Oh yeah. Couple yeah. Days I think cannot cannot wait. It's a couple days, right? It's, it's is it really? Oh this I'd be following so excited. Sunday, right? March. I think so. Oh, Ooh. that would be amazing because season one was just Great, one of my favorite shows. Dang, that's quick. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome because it's not enough shit that I need to watch. Yeah, really. I took I not took a picture. Uh, I took a picture with a friend at the uh, down to the JR Crickets, uh, like uh, just like Paperboy and Old Boy. Oh, from did the, you uh, really? <laughs> oh, <laughs> exact same so angle and everything. Cool. That is great. What a great show. What great writing. I was talking to somebody today about it. Not only is he going to be Lando, he's going to be Simba. He's going to be fucking <laughs> Simba this year. Yep. Alongside Beyonce. <laughs> Gee, like, I mean, if, if you could buy stock in actors, I mean, he, he would be at like, he would be at Apple, Microsoft level. You know I mean, I mean it, it blows my mind. I, I've literally seen this dude like rise from YouTube, like just a regular YouTube person to, you know, writing, you know, doing community and writing for like 30, uh, 30 Rock. And yeah, he's just, right. I'm like, wow. Yeah, and, you know, We're like the same age. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, don't even start thinking like that because then you'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can just go depressing. nuts. But he is a uh, five tool player, is what they say. <laughs> they say that about our boy Mike Trout over here in Southern California. Oh, base, you know baseball. what I mean? All right, so that was our Star Wars talk. It was cool, man. We, God, I think we talked almost an hour about Star Wars, which is amazing. Yeah, still that was serious business. That was some serious business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Eric, you're probably excited about that. Dude, I love Star Wars, man. Hey, I heard Star Wars is back, Eric. I don't know if you know that. I had heard that too, and I wasn't sure, but I'm thinking now that that may be right. I think the Rebels episode really put it over the top, just a little bit. It did. I mean, those movies are like whatever, trailer, whoopie do. <laughs> but The Last Jedi is still playing at a theater near here, and oh, work is just, I can't get away. Like, this sucks. <laughs> Come how many, on. How many times did you see it, Eric? Ten. Jesus. That's not bad. That's really good. How about you, Scooter? How many times do you see it? Just twice. I've been wanting to go again, but uh, yeah, do you, do you it's like rough it? with time. Do you like it better the second time? Uh, I won't say I liked it better because the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, this is so amazing. And then I was like able to like 
break down the little flaws and stuff in there. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, it's still a good movie though. I, I I can see the flaws more clearly, but I still think it's a it's a good movie. Yeah, I I totally agree. I saw it four times, one in four D, which was my favorite. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was really cool. So let's get into some stuff that we call random schmeals, which is, could be about anything or anyone. Let's give a shout out to Kevin Smith, who had yes. a fucking a death scare. Widowmaker heart attack. Jesus. Smith, best known for clerks, is alive today because he sought immediate medical attention when he was stricken at the Alex Theater in California, where he was performing stand-up comedy. Today, he posted video from his hospital room. I had a heart attack, a massive heart attack, and very nearly died. I started feeling pressure on my chest, but not like, you know, there's an elephant on my chest. I just couldn't catch my breath. But one person said, heart attack. And that's when I was like... What? Kevin Smith, please take care of yourself, man. You are a talented dude. We need you in the geekdom. Do not fucking die on this. No. There's another one. Uh, what is it? Uh, Stan Lee has uh, pneumonia. Oh, no, he doesn't. Oh, yeah. I heard that on the radio today. Shit. Yeah, it, that's what I said when I heard that. I was like, oh, no, fuck. No, I was like, no, no God, no, no, no. Please, no. no. Anyone else? No. <laughs> please, no. Uh, yeah. That sucks. Yeah, man. so he's, he says he's fine and he's feeling better. But they all say that shit. 95 and pneumonia, that's really mm. bad. So keep, mm-hmm. keep you know, just spitting that out there. Everybody keep them in your thoughts. Yeah, keep yeah. them in your thoughts. Knock on wood, cross your fingers. Or whatever it takes. Show up in more movies. Yes. What else do we need to talk? Oh, here's a cool thing. A real Westworld is being built. Oh. Huh. Kind of not like what you think. So HBO. Oh, yeah, I was about to say people can shoot at you. No, no, no. So here it is. <laughs> HBO is actually, this is according to EW, by the way. HBO is actually building a replica Westworld, or at least the town of Sweetwater. It'll be built in the area of outside of Austin, Texas, and it's being set up for the upcoming South by Southwest Festival. HBO has reportedly rented out two acres of land where they're building an iconic, the iconic locations from the park. This includes the Coronado Hotel and the Mariposa Saloon, where Thaddy Newton's serves as the madam. Yes. Mm. According to EW, visitors of the park of Westworld will depart from Austin, Texas in a shuttle. From there, they'll be given either a black or white hat, presumably revealing how you'll be acting within the park. It's unclear what type of awesome activities will be in the attraction, but it's likely bringing Westworld fans to South by Southwest this year. So they'll be able to do everything except for killing people and probably having sex for money. <laughs> yeah, but Wait, probably... Where are you at in that? Are you almost done with this thing? Where am I at with having sex for money? Well, that too. <laughs> uh, I mean, watching the show Westworld. I have one left. Oh, you're taking the horse route, huh? You're just riding it on horseback. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the... Stopping uh, at every creek. Remember, remember, every... remember in Red Dead Redemption where there's a part in that game where you ride on the horse and listen to country music for about an hour Yeah, and do nothing? Nothing. I'm on that part right now. Oh. I'm just like, I'm slowing <laughs> it down. I'm going to the sunset. I don't want to finish it. I did the same thing with Breaking Bad's last episode ever. I didn't want it to end. So I held off watching it for about a year. We got year. a new season in like yeah. two years. Man. That's just like me. You That's do exactly the same thing. I yeah, I, I, I hate I'll watch a show out. and I won't watch the last episode. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know how long it took me to watch Lost? I rewatched Lost and I still didn't want to watch the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. What else we got? We got Battlestar Galactica news. Attention. Attention. What? Yeah. <laughs> this, is coming out of, this is coming out of nowhere. Cinema Blend had an article up about the progress of the Galactica film. There's actually a film. The project has been in development for at least three years, but it does have some impressive talent developing it. From director Francis Lawrence, 
better known for the Hunger Game franchise. Mm. He recently gave an update about the film and was able to confirm that he's still involved in the franchise close to his heart. And this is what he said. Yeah, I'm working on that. That's something I'm developing. I'm working on it with Lisa Joy, who's one of the creators of Westworld. Ooh, it's all coming together here. The original <laughs> series was actually one of the first sets that I've ever went to. Uh, Francis Lawrence, when he was a kid, he got to go to the Battlestar Galactica set back in the 70s or in, in early 80s, and he got to put on a Cylon helmet. That's pretty cool. So oh, okay. He, that, that's that's which awesome. Set? Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, wait a minute. And if I'm not mistaken, when I was a kid, I remember watching Battlestar Galactica. Um, and what, where that came from, and there was a big lawsuit between George Lucas, the guy that created the original Battlestar Galactica, Eric, let me know if you know this and if I'm wrong about this. He left Star Wars after the first episode four and he went and he did Battlestar Galactica as a television show. Mm. But Lucas sued him because a lot of the ideas and a lot of the designs were straight ripoffs of Star Wars. Mm. And I don't know what happened. I had heard that. You had heard that as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Hmm. But I loved Battlestar Galactica. I'm looking. I have a Battlestar Galactica pop over here. (laughs) Starbucks? Yeah, Starbucks. He was was the best. So, yeah, Battlestar Galactica news. OG Starbucks or Katie Sackhoff? No, no, no. OG Starbucks. I think it's a good idea. I mean, might as well. I just don't know what they're going to. You know what I mean? There's a time frame where you have to take, especially when you do like a TV show and then you try to make a movie from it do you do like a side quest or side mission you know like star trek has all these tv episodes and then each movie was just like an adventure okay like where do you place it at you know it's like well here's where you place it at so that reporter from uh, cinema blend actually asked them that exact question and they asked them is it going to be just a reboot of the shows what is it going to be and Will the or will there be nods, obviously, to the designs? He said, "Of course, there will be definitely visual nods, where, where all fans from both series will will definitely be excited about." Okay, but he said they're going to have their own take on it. So he said, without getting that into could too be much a kiss de- of death, man. Well, he said, without being in too much, getting into too much detail, there's a thematic kind of stuff to make it relevant for today. What makes something interesting to do is their relevance to the world we live in now. So they're going to do a take on it where it's going to be pretty current. Roll the dice. Hopefully that answers your question. Don't matter. Well, let's get into some comic book stuff, comic book movies, comic book, comic books in general and TV shows and all that stuff. We have some talk. Since we have Scooter on here, I want to talk Black Panther, obviously. It would be dumb dumb not to, right? Yeah. So I, I have a couple of questions. One is I want to get your quick take on what you thought. You know, everybody seemed to love the movie. I loved it. Everybody that sitting here has loved it. Eric hasn't seen it, but I'm telling you he's going to love it when he sees it. What was your initial take on the film since you were such a big fan of the character? This is, this is the first time I watched a, uh, a comic movie where um, almost all the characters are better in the movie than the comics. Wow. Yeah, it's super cool. Most of the time, I'm like, most of the time I watch these movies and I love them, you know, like watch Captain America and stuff like that. And I, and I love it. But at the back of my head, I'm always saying, you know, there's still regular Cap in the comics. You know what I mean? Or there's still regular whoever in the comics. That's kind of like just my way of thinking about it. But when I watch this, I'm like, man, I kind of wish that this version of the characters were in the comics. You know, that's really high praise, by the way. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's, it's like, and it's not that the characters, like the, the previous writers didn't write the characters well. It's just that every writer at Black Panther, something I've noticed about what they do is they consistently build upon like the legacy of the character. Um, you had, you had, you know, obviously Stanley and, and Kirby created them. You had Don McGregor come in and he creates, you know, he kind of builds around the culture. Uh, Don McGregor put his foot down and said, no, we're not going to have random white heroes from wherever, you know, <laughs> we're right. going to, yeah, we're going to, we're there in Africa. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Don McGregor paved that road. He, he, he introduced Killmonger, you know, you know, down the line, you get, uh, you know, obviously Christopher Priest, who was like, I'm pretty sure you guys heard, is renowned as arguably ha- having the best run of Black Panther. Yeah. Um, and he 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 brings you the Dora Milaje. He he brings you this chess master, T'Challa, and then you get uh, and then you get Hudlin building on the legacy of how how strong Wakanda is. Coates brings in lore. I mean, I, I can't skip Hickman either because Hickman, even though he was only in the, the new Avengers run, like he brings in some lore as well. Um, uh, of course, you get Shuri too from from Hudlin. It's like all these little things they build upon it, and then like I feel like Ryan Coogler and and their team took the characters and took it a step further and they tweaked little things that made them that much better. You know what I mean? They just, they, they, they just, they just, they just amped them up to the max. Um, right. And like, I, I just, I really appreciate how they did that. And like, that's a, that's a tough, it's a tough thing to do, man. Yeah. And in, in our, in our review show that we did our podcast, we said that how impressive it was the the research that he did. And some of the scenes came straight from the panels. We appreciate that. I know you did, Les. Yeah, that's just the beauty of st- sticking to the source material and not chugging mm-hmm. stuff. You know, we can t- we've talked about that before with other franchises out there. <clears throat> X Men, uh, <laughs> you know, they they chuck <laughs> source material out the window and just try to do things. But you can tell in this one, they did their research. They looked. They let the actors dive deep. They let the actors, you know, do their thing. The set design, every single thing. You're correct. It, definitely looked a lot better than and was pushed more than what the books are and yeah mm-hmm. he, you have the same take as i do most of the time we see these movies i go uh they didn't do this right or they could have you know we watch civil war and it's like uh they could have done this more with spider-man or certain characters because mm-hmm. what's in the comics is already there but yeah, the way this goes it's like oh, okay this is just just great which is very weird because you really love ben affleck's daredevil I enjoyed that movie. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The romantic, the romantic part. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Just you know what? Scooter, I will be honest. Scooter was about to Actually, press and, and call on Skype yeah. right now. No, you know what? I will say this much. I really wanted that movie to be awesome, but it came on the coattails of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, and it just wasn't. It wasn't good. Oh, that's a that's a bad thing to try to follow up because, you know what? Yes. I, I I don't know if any of you praise this in the same way. But I still put the, the standard of superhero movies has obviously risen since Marvel the MCU started dropping stuff. Yes. So, um, but even with this new age of superhero movies, Spider Man Two from Tobey Maguire is still there, man. Oh, it's yeah, still man. there. Oh, yeah. And everybody we talk to has that regard for that film. Are you kidding me? The fight scene on the subway, oh, my god! And then they're fighting <laughs> on the side of the the building, and and like the the the, the trading of punches is just. Mm-hmm. I that will, alone yeah. is ridiculous. I will say the Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 1 and 2, when you saw it, even the first one, you went, oh my God, CGI is here. <laughs> Shit looks real. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just took it on a level of part two. You're right. The fight scene was crazy. 
Just all of it. Just, that was crazy. What did you think about Michael B. Jordan's performance? And the reason I'm asking you this is the majority of the people I talk to love the movie. All the people I've talked to love the movie. I haven't talked to one person that didn't like the film. But there have been some people that either they really love Michael B. Jordan's performance or they thought it was a little over the top. Mm-hmm. How did you think he did with Killmonger? Killmonger is over the top in the comics. <laughs> Just okay. be real. Okay. The dude is... I've and, okay, in the comics, I've never really liked Killmonger's design. He's just a big hulking black dude with some kind of like big forehead. You know what I mean? Like he's, you know what I'm saying? Like he's, <laughs> like he's. I mean, he's a cool guy. I get. I mean, he's a cool character. He's not a horrible character, but like I, I always feel like his design could have been refined a little bit. You know? Uh, can we? Can we? Can we give him a hairline and like and like do something with the dreads? You know, like a little bit less forehead. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you see the current. I mean, again, props to Brian Stelfreeze because you see current characters in the Black Panther comic right now. You see like Ram- Ramonda and her and, and Sherry's hair, and they're that's on point. I'm like, how come Killmonger's dress can look like that? You know what I mean? Right. Um, <laughs> and he's like funny. just really big, like just I don't know. It's just like something about him has always not set well with me. Um, like as, as far as design. Now, character wise, um. You have, to, you, have to, you have to understand, in, in the comics, his whole goal is to is to screw with T'Challa. So he's got like this economic, like he like he he attacks him through economics, he attacks him through ideals, he attacks him obviously physically and always wins. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he attacks him from all these different angles, uh, and honestly, that's what he does in the comics is more over the top than what he did in the movie. In the movie, it was just more precise. He just went straight for the source. Yo, y'all are laid up in Wakanda and uh, you got a whole world out here that needs, that needs your help. And you, and you, you're just ignoring them. That, that was, I mean, obviously with, yes, there's more, he's, his, his mindset about it is more screwed up, but that's right. basically what he was saying. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and that's why, that you, and that's why sympath- you're sympathetic to him. That's why, right. and you don't see him as a villain pretty much at the end, even though he's done horrific things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, can, I, I see him as a good villain. That's what a villain should be. Um, like when you we you have your villains, like that's something that, like even when, in my own writing and stuff like that, you know, you struggle with giving a villain a a purpose. You know what I mean? Uh, like like the original Magneto, like back in the '60s, he was just like, I hate humans because I'm a mutant and I'm gonna kill everybody. You know what I'm saying? Magneto didn't start getting really like fleshed out until a little bit later. And you started you started hearing conversations about why he thought the way about about mutants and stuff like that. You know what I mean? If you, yeah. you can connect with them a little bit more. Your your villains are good villains if you can understand why they're doing what they're doing, even if what they're doing is wrong. So that's why I think Killmonger they, like Killmonger is one of the best villains in the MCU right now. Like to be honest, that's great. Yeah, I, I I thought yeah the character the character itself was 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 great. And you you thought Michael B Jordan nailed it. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought he did an excellent job. He, he was disrespectful as I don't know what. That's true, he was. Yeah, uh, just walking up in the throne room, being all extra American, disregarding tradition. You know, he's just, yeah, he didn't give a shit. He was just disrespectful, <laughs> but no, he he did it. He did it well, man. Yeah. Did, okay. Did you like that they? I had a problem with them taking him out. I, I wanted. I I think we need more Killmonger in the MCU, even as like just a ground villain. You know, just behind the scenes or doing like extra like covert stuff for other big villains or whatever. I really didn't like that. They took him down like that. Uh, I don't, I don't mind. They took him out and that's only because it's part of the MCU recipe. Um, yeah, okay. 
You know what I mean? Like, and the reason I say recipe is, I mean, like, you have all the, you have you have so many you have so many characters in the Marvel universe to talk about. It's and, and to do. Um, they're writing on one. Other than Loki, I give Loki a pass because Loki was like the original Avengers villain. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's a god. He's a he's a god. Like so. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. like it's like a, you know, it's. Do, do you like the the way the MCU works? It's kind of like they introduce a villain. The, the the villain does what he's supposed to do. Hopefully, well, not always well, but they try to do it well. And then that's the you know that's that's all that's all you really need him for. Black Panther in his next movie. I think he needs a different villain. I'm crossing my fingers for, for Namor, but you know. <laughs> he's oh, like, that would be great. Ooh. That, that but, uh, that would be yeah, great. Yeah, I, I feel like Killmonger did what he needed to do. You know what I mean? Like, he'd be, I mean, if you see him again, he'd be hitting the same points, you know? Right. So I, I had a yeah. problem, and I think, Boo, you, you might have had the same problem, I think, with them doing what they did to, to uh, Claw. Oh, yeah. Andy Serkis going out. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that, that was a damn shame. <laughs> I was so yeah. pumped to actually see Andy Serkis be in a movie more than just you with the with the white dots on his face, and then <laughs> and then he was a great character, and then he gets yeah. just shot and taken out. I was like, he he was almost a uh, a plot device, and I was like, mm-hmm. the you well, know he absolutely was a plot device. Yeah, he, you know he's you know he he's the uh, was it not the, uh, he's the key to the front door of Wakanda. Look what I have. Let me in. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, there's no other way. Well, that I he's thought he, walk he nailed in. it. He nailed the character so oh, well, yeah. and you were so intrigued by his craziness, and then all of a sudden, bam, he's done. Yeah, you're like, like shit. That sucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, I thought yeah. he would have been a good sidekick to Killmonger yeah. somehow, some way, and just maybe had him in the other movies. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only thing that I had a, mis- a problem with in the mm-hmm. entire movie. I loved, I loved everything about it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely the most important movie that the MCU has ever put out. And here's a really cool thing that over the weekend. You can now meet Black Panther and the Wakanda Warriors at Disneyland Parks. So imagine how cool this is to be going to Disneyland Park. And the Warriors look badass, Mm -hmm. man. It it looks so legit. And they're on this, like, Jeep. And they jump this Jeep. And they do all kinds of, like, warrior stuff. And they're on, like, a little parade. That's cool. That is so cool. (laughs) We always say that, you know, if this is not in your top three or four that's okay but you gotta at least admit this is the most important film the mcu's ever put out well, this is one of the best this is one of the best movies like but forget the mcu this movie is like this is a top movie period dude like like the writing i mean i i can't i can't even get into it because it's it's so much there, but the writing in this movie was excellent like just just excellent <laughs> well they're talking oscar talk for next year i've heard that yeah. multiple places that the screenplay most of the, uh, mm-hmm. best adapted screenplay might get something. Yeah. One mm-hmm. of the actors might get something. Yeah. Which is hard for me to believe that Oscars would do it only because they shit on Logan and they didn't do it for Logan. Yeah. That's fucked up. But yeah. Maybe, maybe um, they did give Logan one nom. Best adapted screenplay, I think. Which is good. Which for is comic great. Book, it's a great, it's, it's a great, great award. For comic book movie. Oh, it's, it's the, to be probably the best not thing just you can get. For visual effects yes. or, or score yes. or whatever, but to be mm-hmm. in one of the bigger major categories. I think this is just, it's like Logan is the trailblazer. If if that's the talk, then this one will get, you know, be on the stage this time. So it's yeah. like you came in right. first, number two, you know, number two is going to be even more of an impact. And then we'll see what happens going forward. Gotcha. Right. Now, obviously, uh, we have a situation between Marvel and DC and, and everything DC puts out and blah, blah. We've, we've, this is a broken record, right? We've talked about yeah, it over and over and over again. Horse. But Mark Millar. He actually said something about it over the weekend. Hmm. He has worked on both sides. 
and he talked to Yahoo Movies, and he thinks he knows the reason why that DC is really struggling. So this is what he said. I think it's really simple. The characters aren't cinematic. He's talking about DC. And I say this as a massive DC fan who much prefers their characters to Marvel's. Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are some of my favorites, but I think these characters, with the exception of Batman, they aren't based around their secret identity. They are based around their superpower. Whereas Marvel characters tend to be based around the personality of Matt Murdock or Peter Parker or the individual X-Men. It's all about character. Mm-hmm. DC, outside of Batman, is not about the character. With Batman, you can understand him and you can worry about him. But someone like Green Lantern, he has this ring that allows him to create 3D physical manifestations in green plasma with the thoughts in his head. But he's allergic to color, the color yellow. How do you make a movie with that? In 1952, that made perfect sense. But now the audience has no idea what that's all about. So that's his shtick. That the DC characters, they'll grade on comic book panels and comic books. Well, film. no, that's the whole thing I talked to you about before about uh, being relatable. So Spider-Man's relatable because in some of the pages, he'll be fighting to the death with the lizard, but then he'll remember, shit, I didn't pay my rent. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like little stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. It'll be like, oh, shit, I'm in this fight to the death, but I got to hurry up and finish this because I'm going to be evicted. Or, <laughs> you know, I didn't get Aunt May to her. I didn't get her medicine. You know what I mean? Like that yeah, kind of stuff. everyday struggles. Which, I mean, I... Yes, exactly. So yes, I understand it. It's comic books. It's Spider Man, but still, what? Who hasn't had that problem where you know you're going along and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, I forgot to pay this ticket, you know? And then it turns into something bigger, and then it's like your world is just you're constantly being hit with an adverse situation, and you have to rise above it or find a way through it. And that's the the case, yeah. So you can do certain things. So yes, Green Lantern, yeah, not being able to take down Solomon Grundy because you know, his uh, lantern ring doesn't, the the what is it, the constructs don't work on him. And then, you know, anything yellow c- totally cancels out. Yes, it's completely understand. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> whereas like, oh, no, I got it. Damn, I didn't, you know, pay my electric bill on time. I'm going to be without lights for a couple of days until I, yeah, it's, it's just yeah. two different things. I get it. Hey, Eric, hey, <laughs> you being a comic book fan and you owning comic books or reading comic books for majority of your life. Uh, were you big into the Marvel side or the DC side, comic-wise? Marvel. Marvel only, really. When I was a little kid, I dug DC. But once I got a little older, for one, man, their struggles made more sense to me. Just as a person. Sure. But, yeah, I'd Marvel for sure. Okay. Boo, how about you? Yeah, I would have to agree. Marvel, Marvel was more... Uh, my speed because i was you know as a kid you're more able to relate you know spider-man as a teenager at that point in time i was right around that same age so everything makes sense and then there was no real connection to dc although i loved the characters when i got older and and started to understand the real issues i i always thought that dc was more of a grown-up version of comic books you know batman's parents are dead you know, yeah. shit like that. You know, right. Superman's planet's gone. You know, stuff like that. Where His it's just like, are dead too, by the way. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, but it's more of like a whoa yeah. kind of thing where you're just like, oh shit. You know, although the Marvel characters have shitty lives and shitty aspects, it just seemed more adult, I guess, yeah, no, for I DC. But so as a sense. kid, Marvel was more flashy colors and yay and you know, oh, that's awesome and shit like that. Yeah. So as a kid, more Marvel. But now it's, it's, Hasn't balanced out, but it's like sixty forty Marvel, you know, DC, you know, sixty forty like that. Okay. And Scooter, you what what do you prefer? 
uh, DC over Marvel? Are they about the same? I know that DC is outselling Marvel right now in comic book uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, I was definitely Marvel growing okay. up. So, uh, okay. Like that's that's no doubt. Um, a lot of old DC is a. Uh, it's okay. Um, the best, the best old DC stuff, in my opinion, is the new Teen Titans. Um, I don't know if anything tops that, like in the seventies, eighties time frame. Okay, um, you're talking about the um with like the Judas contract and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you get you. Get the, it's the storyline that opens up with uh, uh, Raven and her uh, her dad. What's her dad's name? Um, Tri Tri Trigun Trigun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it opens up with that storyline, which was a strong opener, and it puts together this team of people that you that you actually care about. Like they deal with personal stuff. That's that's why they, they right. deal with character stuff in the Teen Titans comic, as as well as the superhero stuff. Um, kind of like that's what the X Men did to an extent. Um, uh, or they started doing better after the the first initial run. But you know what I mean. Like yeah, that's what the X Men did. Um, in the new mutants and stuff like that. And on, on DC side, I think that was the strongest portion for them. But like overall, I always thought Marvel's more relatable nowadays. Uh, let's be real. Uh, writers get it now. I mean, on, no matter where you're at, <laughs> mm-hmm. writers get it. They're like, Oh yeah, uh, it's better to tell a story this way. It's better to make it whatever more relatable this way. And writers trade from Marvel and DC all the time. I mean, some, some of them sometimes work on both at the same time. Uh, some of them, get contracts and their contract ends and they go to the other one, you know? So it's, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, DC right now, they have really great stories and really good art teams. Like DC's art teams are crazy right now. Yeah. And that's where they're killing it right now. Yeah. They, and they, I mean, this is the first time I don't, I, I've never really liked Superman. Um, and this is the first time I've actually, well, not the first time, but like, I guess consistently for this long, like the Superman run. Yeah, Les no. doesn't Les doesn't like Superman either. Can't we've had long we've had long debates about Superman. Stand Superman. It's too much of everything. That's that's mm-hmm. why. No, and now he's he's just OP. So even as I will not have you bash Man of Steel on this listen, fucking podcast. Listen, <laughs> I will not let you bash him on this As podcast. a kid, it's cool that this guy can fly faster than a speeding bullet. You know, this dude can lift buildings, he can fly into space without having to breathe, all that awesome stuff, but as you get older, you just realize, wow, man, he's just overpowered. Like, there's mm-hmm. not much you can do against this dude. He's going to, and that's the, it's always been the default. Every time the question comes up, who'd win in a fight? That's right. Who'd like, win that fucking fight? Come on, man. Like, how many debates have we had? You just have to move him out of the, the equation automatically. That's why he's such a badass. You can't even talk about him, man. Um, but one one thing I like about, so one thing about the, the who, I love the who you, who would win in a fight talks. Because to me, it's not just about raw strength. Because like, let's let's be a hundred percent honest. We all know that if if it was like strength versus strength, that Superman would just crush Batman. We get that, but it's not just about their strength. It's about who they are as a character. That's why character matters so much. Who they are as a character. Superman is not gonna fight Batman with his full strength. They're friends. You know what I mean? Right. They're, they're they're friends. Whatever reason they're fighting for. You know, the, it, it's something that's going to be holding Superman back, even when he's mind controlled, which is another trope they use with Superman a lot. But even yes. when he's mind controlled by, you know, poison ivory or whatever, Batman gets him to stop. Uh, well, he's mind controlled several times, but this particular time, he gets him to stop <laughs> fighting by throwing Lois off of a building. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> that's true. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> so well, it's like, yeah, there's always going to be something. Superman is always holding back in some way. He's going to, you know, 
Less and I's debate over time, over the last 20 years, has been the Hulk versus Superman. Oh we've, we've gone into some long <laughs> debates over this. And uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. We won't get into this because we'll start well, talking Thor about Thor can beat Superman? Thor can't beat no Superman. Relax. Thor, Thor can't even beat Loki at times. Relax. Thor can't Loki. beat Superman. No, he Loki, can't. Lo- Loki fights differently. Loki and... is dirty. Yeah, he's dirty. Yeah, he's he's an indirect kind of fighter. He's, he's Thor not gonna, almost not lost the hell in this last film. Well, he's uh, hella powerful. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, well, hold on. And those, so we got to separate movies from. from I know, from, I know. Yeah, I know. yeah. That's why, that's, why it's movie. That, that's why I said movie. I, I okay. want to get into comics because you guys will fucking we can tell me exactly no, when. But, yeah, Loki fights differently in the comics, too, because. Well, Loki's a son of a bitch in the comics. Well, yeah, he'll definitely do all the like smoke and mirrors. What L- Loki does things like think makes you think you're fighting him, mm-hmm. and then like kind of disappears, and you have like an army of frost giants standing there or something. Right. Like you know, it's just like <laughs> that's how Loki fights. You know. Exactly. Well, I have a question here, and I, and you're a perfect guy to ask uh, lesson. But all all you guys, it seems like when DC does something that's a little off, all hell breaks loose. And it seems like if Marvel does something with the character, that's not. Okay, so for example, in the post-credit scenes in Black Panther, we get Bucky coming out, obviously. And they call him the White Wolf, right? Mm-hmm. And the White Wolf is a completely separate character in the Marvel world. Oh, I see what you're about to ask. Right? If what I'm saying is nobody said a damn thing about this. Like, like, are they mashing up? Well, they're mashing Bucky up two major big characters. Mm-hmm. Well, not the White Wolf's a huge character, but they're mashing up two characters and making him one. If DC did this shit in a movie and they combined, it would have been, on a cutscene, on a trailer scene, it would have been the worst possible thing that could have happened in comic book films and comic book world. Why does... I think it depends on what it is. Because the Mandarin, everybody side-eyed that hard. Like yeah, like everybody, that was, that was awful. Yeah, that's true. Like, that was awful. But the White Wolf, the way they did that with Bucky was honestly was really great because that's what the White Wolf is. The White Wolf, yeah, he's a different character. He's a dude named Hunter, but like he's a he's a he's a white guy that was that's raised and protected and loyal to Wakanda. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I did, um, my, I did my research, and that's basically. That. I mean, <laughs> instead of introducing like a brand new, you know, un, frankly unnecessary storyline into Black Panther. You know what I mean? Or at least unnecessary. They probably could have done it in the book in number two or something like that. But, you know, like to try to push all that into one movie um, instead of doing that, that was a really good take in my opinion. Yeah, hey, I, I, I liked it. I really liked it. And I thought it was genius what they did. But would we have the same kind of feeling if DC did that in a movie? Would well, we be I, I totally think, cool about it? Or is it always like DC does something that's shitty no matter what? No, I think what it is is, is I think White Wolf is just minor enough for the cinematic mm-hmm. universe to keep moving Yeah, most along. people don't know who he is. Yeah, to yeah. keep moving along with it being Bucky. So that's yeah. one thing. Because I don't know what you could do in DC with a... Who would you even mash up? Well, that's I don't know. The there's, 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 there's minor characters in DC where something like that could have happened. Yeah, but uh, mm. not, I don't know, man. It's not like you can take Cyborg well, and mash him with... Well, Cyborg's not a minor character. No, but I'm saying oh, find a minor character to possibly to mash up with Cyborg. Be able to say well, okay. Well, well, a, a good example yeah. is Old Boy, old, old Boy and Supergirl. Um, the Supergirl show. Um, uh, J- uh Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen. Uh, yeah, in, in Supergirl, he's a Jimmy's a nerdy guy, <laughs> like in the comics. You know, he's yeah. A, right. But they they make him like 
the super attractive, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of like, oh, I'm over my, like, in my opinion, that takes, it, it's okay. I mean, you, you learn to like him in the show, but it kind of takes away from like what Jimmy's supposed to be. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't horrible. I'm not bashing him like horribly for it, but I'm like, I kind of wish he was like, you know, the yeah. kind of nerdy, awkward dude. Yeah. But, every, know. every portrayal of Jimmy Olsen has been that guy. Even in Smallville, he was that guy. Well, in, was it Batman versus Superman? Was it Batman versus Superman or, or Justice League? I can't remember which one. Jimmy Olsen's like a CIA agent, and he gets killed. He's he, That's uh, a BBS. Okay, thank you. Batman versus Superman. Yeah, uh, he's CIA. When it, was uh, he really? Yeah, yeah he was CIA there with agent. Lois. Yeah, he's with Lois, and oh he, 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 he basically he has the gun and fucks he her. Yeah. Oh, in the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. in the very beginning, yeah. That was Jimmy Olsen? That was Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, because yeah, he, he's supposed to be the... I you try know, to the, block the, out that movie, I guess. <laughs> He's supposed to be a photographer <laughs> like he always is, and they check the camera, and I guess there's a oh, video recording right. or something like that. He's, Jay he, Olsen or something? Yeah, he, he he fucked up. He fucked up, and he gets caught, and yeah, and, and he, he knows that he's burned like that. So it's not the same Jimmy Olsen that we know. Okay. He's still a photographer, sort of, but now he's a CIA yeah. agent. Like, yeah. he doesn't tell so Lois. That, didn't, even that, that obviously didn't work. That actually be no. a bad idea, like a bad thing having, turning, you know, Jimmy Olsen into some kind of agent. Operative know, dude. That's what they did. Kind of dude. I mean, I don't think that's too bad of an idea either. But but if we start taking, you have, you have to make smart changes. That that's what it really comes down to. If you make you a change, do that with though, like like if, for real. If, if you, you make a change, you have to. Be, it, it really has to come on a case by case basis. Like that's that's what it comes down to. Because all the characters in in in, in uh in Spider Man Homecoming are like completely different. Like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> but but you still like them. And like, it you know, for the most yeah. part. Yeah. It works. Yeah. You know you you still you still like them. I'm like I'm like dang that that dude is completely different from like Flash in the comics. But then you look at the time that that that, that, that you know Flash showed up for the first time. And it's like everybody was uh, he was he was a jockey white guy. So they're like, OK, the new age, we got kind of like nerdy. The nerdy thing is in like it's cool to be nerdy in school now. So now he's like a, a nerdy. What is he? South uh, South American type dude. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And he's like he's like a, you know, a super smart bully instead of a jockey bully. Instead. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and he's a rich kid. He's a rich, he's super rich, he's yeah. rich and smart. Yeah. So he's always messing yeah. around, pushing those buttons. I mean, I, I mean, guess so like just would... the, the changes have to just have to be smart changes. Like ego, in in Guardians Two was like, wow, that was that was out there. That was a really good smart change, in my opinion. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if like you were to do something like where the lantern ring chooses cyborg, and then they go, oh, there's your John Stewart. That would be somewhere you go. That's some bullshit right there. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a bullshit. <laughs> that. like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, me? like that yeah. kind of thing. Like, oh well, there's your Black Green Lantern. Are you guys happy now? What? It's like, nah, man. Don't. Well, well, don't look, do look, that shit. So something people will probably get pissed at Marvel uh, if they change if they if they had to say, oh well, Shuri is Riri. That's you know right. what I mean? Do that right now. Oh. Um, been, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of people talking about that and like, no, dude, don't no, no, do that, no. No, we're saying it here on the Sith list first and out loud in your ears, people. Do not even float that idea because Riri yeah. is her own mm-hmm. genius. She's her own being, and and she's completely yeah. You cannot do that. Don't even that would be a mistake. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like it's, and it's almost like that would be a statement saying, well, I mean, you can only have one smart black technological yeah, girl, right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, we only got room for one of those. <laughs> <laughs> like why why would you have Riri if you have Sherry already? It's kinda like, nah man, don't do that. <laughs> All right, cool. I just wanted to get your take on it. 
I just thought it would be a nice little debate talk, <laughs> which was which are awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now, Aquaman got its first screenings. Some people have seen a raw footage of Aquaman, a full movie theater full of people, mm-hmm. and they have been very, very, very positive. Hmm. This was according to the critics who went, particularly Jeff Schneider of Popcorn's Talk Meet the Movie Press, which if the critic reception is to be trusted, it's better than any other DC Extended Universe movie to date. So, I mean, take that with a grain of salt because it's just critics. People, Some people have seen it and have been talking to critics and they've leaked out some information here and there. Everybody that saw it is very, very positive about the action sequences and the storytelling. So, And some of the stuff is raw, so the visually it's not that cool yet. But people seem to really dig it so far. Well, that's good news. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I like how we're all just I'm like, not holding yeah. my breath. Yeah. 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 Just like, Get it? No. Get it? Yeah. Not holding no. my breath. I'm worried. I'm worried because oh, yeah. of that. I've, yeah, I'm worried too. Aquaman, like, I like, I like um, Jason Momoa, like, in general. Um, I, I, still, I still feel like he's Aquaman, though. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. But that's just me, though. How did you like his portrayal in Justice League? The it's surfer just, dude. Like drinking. He didn't really. He didn't really seem like Aquaman. It just didn't. I don't know. Uh, I'm not the biggest Aquaman fan in general, but like the stuff that I do like of Aquaman, he didn't really seem like that. I wasn't like mad at it, but I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like I feel kind of that way about all of DC's on screen or, or you know DC extended universe characters, um, except for Wonder Woman. I feel like Wonder Woman is almost on. Like she's almost spot on. A little bit off, but almost. And everybody else is just a little bit. Some things about them are just like I don't know if that's the character, man. Just I don't a know li- if you guys little off, you. little off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, especially Superman. Superman is so unrelatable in these movies, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but he has that cool mustache. Oh fuck! <laughs> uh, it sucks too because I I honestly enjoyed Man of Steel. I liked Man of yeah, Steel. That was it's good. good. Movie, yeah. I, I thought it was I liked good. It. I like so, it too. Yeah, so I thought that things were going to change. <laughs> I thought it was going to be from here on out. Everything was going to be like that. Maybe Wonder Woman was right there. Oh, no. Wonder better. Woman is badass. Yeah. Wonder Woman maybe. was great. Yeah. No, Wonder Ever Woman, to me, then, though, is the best DC film yet. Yeah, but then the, the BBS was just rushed. It yeah. just seemed like they just, we need to put yeah. this out there. We're not they even speaking on Suicide they were doing Squad. With that writing. They didn't oh, know what they were doing. Yeah, we're not <laughs> even bringing up the, the two S's there. And then. Oh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> I really want more. Like, we keep talking about this. I want so much more because it was, for me as a comic book fan, for me at nine years old watching Super Friends after school and seeing, you know, basically the Justice League standing there on that movie was enough. But then you watch the movie again and you see the Flash of running style and you just... Looks like his legs are broken. Oh, yeah, man. you just said, "Come <laughs> on, y'all, just a little, a little more effort." But well, speaking of Justice League and the guy that got to finish that up, Joss Whedon has decided to say, "I'm out of here on the Batgirl project," so he is not directing it anymore. And he had a statement to the Hollywood Reporter: "Batgirl is such an exciting project. Warner Brother DC, such collaborative and supportive partners." That it took me months to realize I really didn't have a story. So he decided to jump ship. He blamed himself, which I respect because he didn't put out something that was just bullshit just to put out. The project is looking for a director. They're still going to try to go on with the story. Does this mean that uh, he got offered some money and did a Nick Saban and just left the project and he's going to pop up a couple months later directing something else? Like a Lucasfilm project? 
or a Marvel movie again. Maybe. Wait a minute. They're not just looking for a director. They're looking for a fucking story. Yeah, they don't even have a story. They don't have shit. Yeah, they don't. They literally have nothing. That was the dude who wrote all the Buffy Uh episodes. Right. Not have a story for. Yeah, that's why everybody was so excited that he can do this thing. He can relate to this. Yeah, this is. I think he got overwhelmed. Honestly, if you look at if you look at social media is a big deal in this day and age for 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 directors and writers. I I think people. I think the. I think uh, writers and directors respond to things that people say in social media. And when he got that role, a lot of people, like a lot of women, weren't happy about that. Uh, I think because of um, like issues with Black Widow and um, Age of Ultron, which I admittedly don't see the issues as well. I'm gonna have to like watch it again and that you know He's watch with a more keen eye. On that. Yeah, what I are don't the issues? See any issues? I don't know. What I, was the deal? I, I I have to. I really have to watch it again. Um, and and key in to what the problems were. I, I think that they, they, they were, people were saying that they were turning her into a, a love interest type thing. Um, that was, that was some of the complaints. Oh, for the Hulk. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the Hulk. Um, What's wrong with that? I'll have to, I'll have to watch it again. Like, you know, like more focused in on that particular bit. Um, you know, I understand people have different experiences and see different things. So yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll have to see it again. Like a lot of a lot of people were bashing him about that for Batgirl, and it might have got to him like like it might have it might have made him like stress over like how to write it and what what direction to take until he was finally like, yo, I don't think I can do this. Yeah, you might be right, and he just decided to walk away before it got worse. Well, props oh. to him for walking away when he didn't have anything. Maybe somebody should have walked away during Suicide Squad too. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, David Ayers. 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 Yeah, he even admitted he even admitted to himself that he fucked up on. A majority of the parts with not not adding the Joker in more and making Joker. It, it, it was set up was very set up. well. Like oh, the, it like was. the very like the first fifteen minutes or whatever. Dude, you I are, was like, yo, this is gonna be good. You <laughs> dude, I have been saying that for for a year and a half that I'm gonna say it again for the million time on this episode. The first 30, 40 minutes of that a movie was awesome. And then mm-hmm. it just goes to fucking dog shit. <laughs> like complete dog shit. <sighs> Forget it. I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> I always do this. I work myself up when I talk about suicide. Take, you take the two most popular characters and actor, actors, actresses, and don't know what to do with everybody else. Like you had a bunch of characters that had no purpose. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like Boomerang. What the? Who gives a fuck about him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad writing, man. It's bad writing. It's bad writing. Okay. Let's get into the last little subject: The Walking Dead. You watch The Walking Dead, or you used to? I'm going I'm to ask this question because a lot of people we bring on the podcast say, man, I was so into The Walking Dead and I just don't fucking give a shit anymore. Yeah, or either that or they stockpile. <laughs> oh, I just, yeah, yeah I saw. Are you, are you one of those people? Um, I, I never really watched it that much to begin with, to okay. be honest. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I read uh, 50, 60 issues of the comics. But yeah, like the show, not really. Yeah. Okay. So you don't care if we spoil it real quick for you? No, no not twice. <laughs> You're like, fuck that show. So if you don't want to be spoiled with The Walking Dead, we're going to talk about it just for a couple of minutes. It was pretty much a predictable episode. So if you don't want to be spoiled, five, four, three, two, one, spoiled. Carl's not really dead. It was a dream. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the Walking Dead comes back, and it was a pretty predictable episode. Mm-hmm. We knew Carl was going to die. They took about an hour and 25 minutes to kill him off. But I appreciate that they didn't go longer. Yeah. Meaning I, I had a, I thought that they were going to go two or three episodes oh, and no. have this arc where he's going to do something to Negan while he's dying. They didn't. And they explained the flash forward scenes, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. 
I thought it was done well. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was, you know, kind of painstaking of going through him dying, which kind of sucked. And I like the contrast between Morgan losing his shit and Carl kind of finally losing his life, losing his life, yeah, coming, coming to terms with, with things. Yeah. So great acting by the kid. Fantastic. The best he's done ever, ever I, in this show is his, uh, was it sending off thing? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's incredible. And the thing is, I've always wanted him dead. Yeah. I've hated him since day one, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've always said, kill that fucker off. <laughs> but I felt bad. They did I've, a good job. Yeah, what is it? I was I was thinking, you know, because Rick says he said, you know, he says Carl, Coral, Coral. I was like, we're not gonna hear that shit anymore. No more Coral. I was like, oh fuck, no yeah. more Coral. I was like, no more, you know, underwater, you know, rock organism thing anymore. I was like, oh fuck, he's gone. He's like, gone. Shit, no more Coral. And Greg Nicotero directed it, and you can tell mm-hmm. that the directing was better than the previous episodes. There wasn't a three minute zoom into the, every character's face with fade, horrible music yeah. fade in the background. He did a good job. I, I liked the episode, and I, I think, hopefully, now that Gimble, Scott Gimble is, is allegedly, quote-unquote, promoted, mm-hmm. and he won't have anything to do with it, that hopefully it's going to get better from here on out. But did you guys like the episode? I liked it. I like Morgan's whole just descent Morgan's into gone. madness. Morgan's man, fucking lost is... his shit, which is great, because the group needs it. Yeah, they need him. He's just, oof. Here's a question that I wanted to ask, and Scooter can jump on this too. Eric, you're still there, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Eric, were you sleeping, bro? <clears throat> no, dude. I'm trying to <laughs> type something, so I had my mic muted. And he, he hasn't said a word in like, like uh, yes. Yeah, he hasn't said a word in like, yeah, to minutes. clear my throat out just so yeah. I can talk. I haven't spoken in an hour. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, Eric, did, um, did, you, were you ever into The Walking Dead at all? Okay. No, zombies zombies hit a little too close to home for me, man. I've oh, you know yeah. played in rock bands and uh yeah, it's just a little too real to life for me. But here's the thing I wanted to get everybody's take on this. We always talk about diversity in in Star Wars, diversity in comic book films. Everything, yeah. And everything, right? It's a big topic. How come The Walking Dead doesn't get enough credit where credit's due? They've been doing this diversity thing for the last Eight seasons, mm-hmm. more than anybody on any television show ever. Mm-hmm. We've had gays and lesbians. Mm-hmm. We've had African Americans. We've had, we even had a white trash on there. We've had Ooh. middle, yeah, we have. I know. We've had Middle Easterns. Mm-hmm. We've had Asians. Mm-hmm. We've had everything. There was that, uh, that Hispanic group that was at the. My uh, bad. We've was, had the Hispanic group and yeah. we have a Hispanic actress that's a, it's in the major role right yep. now. So, how come Walking Dead doesn't get the props? Nobody ever talks about them being like the forerunners in this. And not like they've, they're the first ones, but they, they've taken a very big show and they haven't given a shit since day one. Oh, and mm-hmm. they have an interracial couple too. They have an interracial couple, Michonne, Rick and Michonne. Yeah. How come we don't give them the props that they deserve? Nobody seems to. Well, it, it, and, and it's just human nature to center on negativity. You always see negativity. That's why, you know, like the evening news, they only give you bad stories. And then at the end, they say, look at this puppy. Look at the puppy. The puppy's cute. You know, you know, a dozen puppies yeah. are born. That kind Unless of thing. Unless the puppy dies. That would suck. Oh, no, that, that, that would be at the forefront of the news That's story. True. That's yeah. true. So, yeah. The cute puppy we showed you last night is now dead. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, Man, come on. Yeah, no. That, that's, <laughs> that's how the, the news goes, though, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so seeing good things and seeing what should be done is never put at the forefront and nobody ever realizes it until it's over 
you know, what is it? Uh, nobody gets the flowers when they can still uh, smell them. That kind of thing. Are you saying don't smell the flowers because of the scene? Oh, look that's at the flowers. That's oh. yeah. Let's let's go with. I made that connection. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Really oh yeah, I did. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Scooter, what do you think about this? What do you think about The Walking Dead? And you said you've watched at least a couple episodes, at least, right? Yeah, I, I've watched some of it. I mean, honestly, it's it, it's the same thing. Like the same thing you guys were saying about people like to focus on negativity. Like nobody's going to talk about stuff that's right unless it's like really, really right, like Black Panther. But <laughs> but like no. <laughs> yeah. But nobody's going to nobody's going to like people are going to look for the smallest things to complain about, no matter where they can find it. I mean, even in Black Panther, when they cast the nightshade, she was Killmonger's girlfriend, which that's one of my small problems with the movie. But anyways, when they cast her, they said, oh, she's not dark enough. My first thought was. Well, I mean, dang, did you guys not see the rest of the cast? <laughs> you know, um, and right. it's it's kind of like it's kind of like people just just like to hone in on something negative. You know, when, they, when they're doing something right, then you barely hear any you barely hear anything about it. You know, right. it's just it's human nature, man. I think I think we need to be the Sith list. We need to be the ones. To, to get this out there. To highlight the uh, positivity yeah. out there. The, shit, the show the might be going bit. down south. The, the show might be going, you know, it might be going downhill. Mm -hmm. But at least they've done this. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Les? I kind of want to say that it's the truth about the honing in on negativity. And then I also want to go with what the circumstances are if we were theoretically or hypothetically talking. In a zombie apocalypse, you're going to have to come together anyway. No, no, you're 100 percent right. That's what I'm trying. But, that's what I'm saying. But, but I understand. But television and film don't have to do that. That's right. So you're correct, and that's what I'm trying to say. So, so give them maybe props for doing give that. them props for going this, and for Kirkman and him saying it's going to happen either way, and then give the studio props for just going ahead and rolling with it. Right. Props to Kirkman first for writing the right. stories and the, the books. The like that. I mean, if the, some real crap dead on. were to go down, you got to look to your fellow man, no matter what color they are fellow man and woman, right? no matter what. So it's it's going to happen. And I think that for them not taking the other chance in, in whitewashing or, you know, not casting certain characters or just saying, you know, we're going to roll with this and them having the balls to go through with it is a big deal. They have a Muslim character right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And when I said white trash, I'm talking about Merle. Merle was yeah. white trash. Yes, he yeah. was. So, yeah, no, you're not wrong. If I'm offending white trash, go fuck off. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you disagree that Merle wasn't white trash, then you're in blind as a exactly. bat. Merle's yeah, white yeah, yeah, trash. Yeah, yeah. Been I think to us that was his intent. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Daryl has found a way to. Oh, yeah. Daryl's completely changed. is completely changed. Yeah, yeah. which is beautiful. You which know, is they're great. brothers. People are his brother and sister. They're family for sure. And that's a good thing. Like Carlos said, you know, the, the cute puppy, it's easy to just overlook that. It's one thing to point out, oh, John Boyega hates Game of Thrones because there's no black people on it and not talk about how The Walking Dead is a diverse cast. Exactly. You know, and, and say, on the other hand, there's this going on. No matter how white Game of Thrones is, you know, there's this happening over here on The Walking Dead and AMC is hitting it out of the park as far as that goes. People are just still going to find a way to stay with the evil. And well, stay it's our job to let people know. Yeah. That's why we're here. Step one right here. And I, I also want to point out, it's it's not bad to point out things that need to be fixed. Uh, like, oh, no. You know, if, if, if there's if there's issues with the show, yeah, by all means, point it out. But also, you're pointing out the good stuff with other shows, you know, mm -hmm. like or, or even in that show. Like, you know, they don't have this character. You know, there's, 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 there's a lot of white people in this. But um, 
you know, this is, you know, also point out the positive side of whatever. You know. Yeah. We're going to do it, guys. Damn right. People are going to know. And Step by the time one. we do it, it's going to get canceled. So it's not going to matter. Oh. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Season finale. Season finale. Gimple <laughs> announces. Yeah. Just <laughs> two seasons left of The Walking Dead. Shit. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we want to read the Whims email. Les, you have it down? You want to read it? Uh, yeah, I do want to. Okay, cool. Let's because we we had it a couple of weeks ago, and I know the Wim has been going through a lot, and he's he's a fighter, man. He's a uh, tough son of a bitch. A tough son of a bitch, and I'm so happy that he's cancer free. Mm-hmm. I know he had to be in quarantine for a while, and he couldn't see all these movies that he wanted to see. But uh, he emailed us a couple of weeks ago. We didn't have time last week to do it, so go ahead. Yeah, let's read it. All right. And actually, glancing at this, where we've kind of hit on everything he's good, talking about. Good, so good. says here, hey guys, long time no type. I'm a couple weeks behind, so forgive how far back I reach. First, I wanted to add my thoughts about the solo trailer. The first viewing, I hated it. Then I realized I was merely focusing on Alden's performance. I spent the entire time just trying to make him fit as Harrison Ford. Once I watched it without that bias, I loved it. That's what we should be doing as Star Wars fans. He's not Harrison Ford. We need to let it go. I did. Then I enjoyed the trailer. Nice. Which I think a lot of people. Yeah, that's yeah. Just you're absolutely right. Yeah. Wim, you're absolutely right. He's not even trying to be Harrison. He's doing his version. He's trying to be Han Solo. I also wanted to address what Eric was talking about. I'm here. Here we go. <laughs> With the Game of Thrones showrunners taking on a new trilogy, I okay. wanted to add some perspective. Ooh. Here's my vision for a black directed and full cast Star Wars film. Okay. Old Republic, a black Jedi, not Mace, but a whole new character is dispatched to a planet that is basically Wakanda to complete a mission. Now, I'm not a writer and I'm not black, so that would be where my storytelling would end. <laughs> I'm all for this story to happen in some way, shape, or form. But if they tried to release something like this right now, it would be so out of whack, it would be difficult to have this fit in. Kathleen Kennedy said as much when she was talking about female directors. They're not just going to throw them in for the sake of throwing them in. It took the MCU 10 years in how many films for Black Panthers to happen. Star Wars is way ahead of the is way ahead with the characters of Finn, Ray, and Jen, which progress pr- properly story-wise. They have not jumped out of either the original trilogy or the 30 years after the timeline yet. It needs to go there first, which I think is what uh, Ryan and Benioff and Weiss are going to bring it. Then we should naturally be able to bring these stories in without confusing the fuck out of casual slash non-Star Wars fans. Basically, don't people that like never yeah. show up and yeah, all that. Sure. Makes yeah, sure. We That's also true. have no idea what the proposed live action and animation television shows are about. They can totally set up these scenarios where black, female, Asian, any ethnic director can go to. Let's not forget, a woman is in charge of Lucasfilm. She's 3-0. and I have my full trust as a Star Wars fan in Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Preach, I did too. Preach it too, yeah. <laughs> I also had the chance to see Black Panther. I couldn't see the visuals very well as I'm in quarantine post-transplant. I apologize, Marvel. I will spend copious amounts Don't of money. Don't apologize, Wayne. He yeah, doesn't really. have to for nothing, man. <laughs> I will spend copious amounts of money on your other movies post May 6th. Here is what I loved about it. There was none of that Thor bullshit to humor me the entire time trying to make another <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy movie. That's right. There's also the part where unlike something like Black Lightning on his CW, which parentheses he says he loves, which I love Black Lightning too. How about you, Scoot? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, we, we need to talk about that before we end the podcast. We <laughs> it's not the same story of a black man gaining superpowers and fighting in the hood. Wakanda is fantastic, a technologically advanced society that also clings to its heritage. Beautiful. I was down with the Bond ripoff of Q, 
So he liked that with Shuri. Mm, she, yeah, yeah, she was cute. My was only awesome. minor complaint was that I wish they delved a little deeper into Killmonger, but overall a great movie. I let my DC let in my DC bias, I watched Justice League again and fuck you guys. I still think it's a great movie. Joaquin Phoenix playing Joker. He's batshit crazy, perfect casting. Can't wait for Shazam. Bring on the Lobo. Also, you guys need to watch Dark on Netflix, a sort of German stranger thing. The stories are not similar at all. It just has a bit of the same feel. It's in German. You need to watch it dubbed in English or like I did, English subtitles. Must watch. As always, keep the good work. Talk to you soon. The whim. Hey, man, get well, Wim. Yeah, yes. Wim. May 6th, he said, that he's out of quarantine? Yes. I believe so. That's awesome, buddy. Yeah, get well. I'm glad you get to watch all this stuff while you're recovering. Yeah, man, I agree with all of what you said, except for the Justice League thing, I think. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> he's, always, he's a DC he's guy. He's a huge DC yeah. guy. Scooter. He, he like, capes for DC, and, yeah. and they do have some good things. <laughs> yeah. Like on the CW right now, Black Lightning mm-hmm. I mean, is amazing. So, yeah. I, I want DC to do well. It hurts my feelings. <laughs> you know, it hurts right. my feelings to 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 see that. Like you know, in, in BVS, the little the little little scene when you see Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman walking together, you get that momentary chill of whoa. Sure. It's, yes. it's, mm-hmm. the, it's the Trinity, but then you exactly. remember, but it's the Trinity in this movie though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But even so, even the know. scene with um, Lex Luthor at the end of the credit scene, and you think of the Legion of Doom. Right. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. shit, dude. That With brought me Death back Stroke. to my childhood. I was like, yes. fuck. Where's, where's the fucking Lagoon mm-hmm. thing that's going to pop up right now? It's <laughs> <Uh-oh. fucking> sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I wish them well, too. I, we go on opening night in the first showing. So hopeful. So hopeful. And this one wasn't as bad as the others. Mm-hmm. Other, you know, let's not count Wonder Woman because that was great. But So I have hope for them. So, Wim, we're on your side, buddy. And thank you for the email, bud. We, for you to take your time out to email us while you're recovering, that means a lot to us. Yeah, That's get awesome. better, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get better. W- uh, are you ready to play the flash round, Ritz? I called you Ritz because I wrote Ritz on the show notes, but I've been trying to call you Scooter the entire time. <laughs> Damn it. I put Ritz plays the flash round, but it's Scooter plays the flash round. Are you ready to play the flash round? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. It's time for the flash round. This is where we try to figure out what's in that big old noggin of yours. You ready? Good luck. Han or Luke? Luke. Batman or Superman? Batman. Beyonce or Rihanna? Rihanna. (laughs) Man, you had a good run. We're going to miss you. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll rebound. I'll, I'll edit that out. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I won't. Uh, Pacino or De Niro? Uh, ooh, uh, De Niro. That always gets people. Ooh. It does. Everybody, it <laughs> it's a hard gets, one. Ooh, it's a hard one. I know. <laughs> Favorite video game ever? Dang. Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. Ooh, really? Ooh, nice. wow. Really? Oh, I love yeah. that game. <laughs> Seriously. If you could bring back one show from your childhood, which one would it be? Because that seems to be happening everywhere now. I mean, like they're yeah, they're bringing back everything, right? <laughs> I want I, I want to say Static Shock, but I don't want it to be Static Shock. I want it to be Static. Like I want a show of like the original comic character. Mm. Okay, gotcha. And Captain Marvel or Wonder Woman? Uh, Wonder Woman. Okay. If you were stuck on an island, had one choice to take an album, a video game, and a movie, what would they be? You've already said your video game, probably. Mm-hmm. Album, album or movie? 
Uh, or uh, album and movie, which ones would they be? Uh, album, album, video game, and movie. Oh, okay. So yeah, video game would be that. Um, um, oh, album. Uh, Good Kid, Mad City, Kendrick Lamar. Um, movie, Black Panther. Oh, wow. Stayed current on both. I like it. Dad jokes or pirate jokes? Dad jokes? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Breaking Bad or Lost? Breaking Bad. Lex Luthor or Joker? Joker. Atlanta Braves or Atlanta Falcons? Falcons. Favorite athlete of all time? Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I think. Okay. I got one more. Ray, Leia, Padme. Or or Padme. Leia. You did great, man. You're on on, on point there with all those. Except except for the Beyonce versus Rihanna. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He always gets upset when people. (laughs) I like I like Rihanna. I got nothing against Rihanna, but Beyonce is like my, you know, number one. You just love Beyonce. Yeah, I love Beyonce. Beyonce. (laughs) She's like, she's like, like, she's like, you know, crazy. Man, we had a great time, man. Thank Mm -hmm. you for coming on. And I know it's late over there. What is it? Midnight over there? Or no, it's one in the morning over there. Like one, yeah. But I mean, uh, this is I'm I'm usually up at night, so okay. <laughs> Good. I don't feel as bad. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for so, so much for coming on. Where can people find you and listen to your podcast and and find you on Twitter and all that stuff? Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Fourth Wall or at IV Wall. Um, usually, if you search scaries, you can find me there. Um, I'm also a council member, uh, running Do Even Comic Book. Uh, com is the website. Uh, I also built that website. Let's see. You can also find me on my blog at ivywall.net, which uh, I usually post comic reviews and stuff on. And my podcast is also there. What's called Wakanda for Life, uh, now called Wakanda Forever. Um, the four is an IV, uh, like fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. If you Got search it. scary, it's like, it's always, it's always me. And you guys, check out his stuff. It's awesome, mm-hmm. amazing stuff. And do you even comment, Brooke? Check out the website. It is a really cool website. And it's pretty new, right? I mean, I've, I think you just launched it about a month ago. Am I, am I wrong? We, we, launched, we launched on the 9th of February. 9th of so. February, yeah. So right there. So definitely check it out. And um, yeah, you got tons of shit going on, mm-hmm. which is great. And thank oh, you yeah. again for coming on. We got to do this again. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It is a lot of fun. Thanks, Thanks you guys, for uh, inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, thank you. Are you kidding? No problem. Um, and Eric, where could people hear you and find you? Uh, wow, man. You can hear me on the podcast I do, The Bad Motivators, and this one, but you already know that because you're hearing me say it. So that's Man, that's kind of meta. We just did um, the whole Ezra thing, by the way. We went back in time, kind of. Yeah, I've, I've listened to some bad motivators too. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, oh sweet. Do you man. really? Yeah, like like podcast, like st- on the on the Star Wars podcast or the uh, Making Star Wars podcast. I've listened to probably almost everything at least once. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, dude, we're not on that network. Never. But, <laughs> no, but, but been, cool, man. I'm yeah. I'm glad but, you, you know, heard but, us. But, uh, but but the cool thing is, Eric is on a. He does appear and he has. A, a show with Steel. How can, yeah, tell people about the Steel show, Eric. Yeah, I do a show. Basically, here's how this got started. Last year, I did this listener pick episode where, and it was more just like, hey, Steel, we think you're great. Thanks for doing what you do. 
And I put some feelers out and ended up turning in this four hour podcast where I interviewed people from all over the world. And they would tell me some of their favorite moments from a show. And I edited it in, you know, like a highlight reel sort of thing. So he asked me if I would do this show. It's called Strother's Wars. That was his idea where I interview a person every month and they tell me their favorite moments. And we talk about them and listen to them. It's pretty sweet, man. Bullshit, Eric. I've never been on that show yet. (laughs) Well, you know, he asked me to have a very specific type of guest. Interesting. <laughs> so, oh, yes. yes. Yeah. I like how Eric doesn't, Eric, Eric doesn't speak for an hour and a half on the podcast. And then he just takes shots at me. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, oh, yeah. Eric, I've it's, never treated you with ill. Somebody mentioned to me one day, just probably last week, that, man, they're really hard on you on that show. And by they, I mean Arash. I'm like, yeah, dude, I know. But whatever that? he needs. Who said that? Some people. Call them out. Call them out right now. <laughs> my mom was one of them. Oh, your I'm mom just, listens to the show. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay, my good. God. I was going to say, holy I, shit. I literally said the word clit last week because yeah. that would have been bad, dude. You can you can check out some music I've done uh, on Bandcamp. It's ericstrothers.bandcamp.com. Yeah, by the way, Struthers, you were wrong on that hot-blooded. That's Foreigner. just want to throw that out there. Not lover boy. Let's end the show on that. We'll catch you on episode uh, episode 83 of The Sith List. I'm always ready for a war again. Go down that road again. It's all the same. I'm always ready to take a life again. You know I'll ride again. It's all the same. Tell me who's going to save me from myself. the world i fight you i fight myself i fight god just tell me how many burdens left i fight pain and hurricanes today i wept i'm trying to fight back tears flood on my doorsteps life in living hell puddles of blood in the street shooters on top of the building government aid ain't relief earthquake the body drop the ground breaks the poor run with smoke lungs and scar face who need a hero hero you need a hero look in the mirror there go your hero who on the front lines at ground zero hero my heart don't skip a beat even when hard times bumps the needle mass destruction and mass corruption the souls are suffering men clutching on deaf ears again rapture is coming it's all prophecy and if i gotta be sacrificed for the greater good then that's what it gotta be you won't be. pray to me 